What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riv and this is now episode 220. In this episode, OG joins us to talk about Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, Panthers trade pieces, Warriors punishment to Draymond, and we give our bold predictions for the upcoming NBA season. OG joins us once again, a friend of the show. Welcome back. Absolutely, fellas. I don't, I, like I said, I don't really bother with a lot of people, but when, when you guys call, I got no problem coming through, no doubt about it. And every time you say that, puts the biggest smile on my face because I really appreciate that. We're super, super grateful for that. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Absolutely, brother. No doubt. And right now, Drew, he was stuck at a Yankees game. That's why he's not joining us. Joel right. is in Tampa. He's in vacation. He's on vacation right now. Yeah, he's in oh. Tampa, I believe. He's Orlando. in Florida. He's watching. He's going to watch Anthony Richardson oh, yeah, play yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. The Florida Gators. Yeah. So, Drew, just watched the Yankees lose to the to the Cleveland Indians, right? Yeah, they just lost. <laughs> was, I think it went the 10th inning. Embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, OG. Yes, sir. Did you watch our viral video? Our viral video. Oh, well, yeah. I, I did see the one with you and Joe going at each other about KD. I did yeah, see that. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. I, 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 did, I did see that. <laughs> I thought that that was really interesting. Um, I, I didn't hate it, to be honest with you. I, 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 did, I didn't hate it. I, I get a lot of people that, you know, they, they're on one side of the fence with KD, and then there's other people on the other side of the fence with KD. And I think we got to accept the fact of who KD really is. KD is buckets. That's who he is. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. KD is buckets. And KD is more buckets on a bigger stage. But it just looks different. And people have a tendency to make him out to make him out to be more than that because he's on better teams. Well, in reality, KD at the end of the day, he's buckets. Let's call it what it is. What do you think about the take, though? Do you think that he is? Because people got it misconstrued. Some people thought that Riv was saying he's not a legendary player. That's not what he was saying. He believes he's not a legendary playoff performer. What do you think about that? Well, when you think about legendary playoff performers, Jordan, James, Jabbar, Doc, Bird, Bryant. I mean, I can't say that KD has done anything. I mean, what's his signature? What is, what is KD's signature game? I mean, he went off in game, well, I think it was game four or game three of the, of the, of the, of the Western Conference, I mean, of the NBA Finals against Cleveland. But, I, think it was three. I mean, I haven't. I, I haven't seen him have something where I'm going. I, I did see a different guy. Don't get me wrong, Riv. I saw a different guy in 2017 than I saw in 2012. Yeah. I did see a, I, I did see a different guy there. But when I think about legendary playoff performances, Kevin Durant's name is not one that comes to mind when I think about guys in the playoffs like that. I think about Kevin Durant being awesome in the playoffs, but there's a difference between being that you know, he was good in the playoffs. He was awesome. 
But there's a difference between being that and being legendary, where they're doing stuff that in 20 years, we're still going to be talking about that. I can't remember a KD performance where I can go, like, in 20 years, this is still going to be a big deal. That's a good point. And uh, just, just, just to piggyback off that question, Dwayne Wade has a legendary moment in 06. Is he considered a legendary playoff performer, or is somebody like Kawhi consider that as well because of what he did in 2019? There's a difference between a legendary performance and a legendary performer. Mm-hmm. Like Wade was a legendary performer. So, I mean, we saw what he did in the finals, which was fantastic. But we also saw him drag that Miami Heat team in 08 to the playoffs. We also saw him drag that team in 09 to the playoffs. And what he did against that Boston Celtic team when he was leading the league in scoring. And, I mean, they had no business in that series. And they actually won a game. That's something that we will talk about later on. So Leonard, Leonard is another guy where Leonard had playoff performances. I'm not, I'm not on the, I'm not on board with Leonard being a playoff performer yet. He had a, he had a great playoff performance. Like what he did in, in, in 19, when they played against both Milwaukee and they played against Golden State. I think that was a legendary performance, but I think that we don't give enough credit to how good that Toronto team was. I think that that Toronto team was a lot better. I mean, we're talking about a 59-win team that basically all they did was they they traded out two different two players, which Leonard was clearly better than DeMar DeRozan, no doubt about that. But, you know, to get off of Valanchunas later on and to bring in Gasol and to move off of Danny Green, I mean, that was a damn good team. And to add Leonard to that, there wasn't much that he had to do, but this, but what he did do was a great performance. But I can't put him in the legendary playoff performance playoff performers status just yet no i can't do that d-way was a good one because i think he's one of those guys that's like on the fence like yeah. he can be you can argue he can be a legendary player you can argue he cannot be it's just i just think his peak was just too damn short i think d-way he he has a better signature moment than kevin durant oh six yeah. tops anything kd has done but when you look at the longevity of their playoff careers kd is a better playoff performer when you talk about longevity and just who's done it longer. Yep. D-Wade's peak was extremely short, which sucked. Yeah, it was. Well, also, too, Rev, when I think about D-Wade, I mean, the fact that he took a backseat to James and in the process of him taking a backseat to James, I mean, he did fall off a cliff, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like, with Wade, for me, like, a lot of people forget this. Like, even before the 06 finals, he was given Detroit fits, like the, the, talk about the Detroit team with Rasheed Wallace, with Ben Wallace. Like he was giving them fits at a young age, even before LeBron seen them. So like I, I remember the D Wade before that. Like I, I went back, I, I go look at the footage. The D Wade before he went to the finals when they were making the playoffs and he was doing his thing. So I know what you're talking about in terms of D Wade, but like his, like you said, his career fell off when he went to like when LeBron got there because his knees got so banged up, right? And he just sure. got old and he just. He was just bad, especially in 2013, 2014. He was really bad. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd be honest with you, Riv. You just brought up a really good point. I mean, if he doesn't doesn't hurt his ribcage in 05 in the East Finals, I don't know if Detroit beats them. I don't don't know if Detroit beats them. That was a six-seven-game series? Yeah, that was a seven-game series. If he doesn't hurt his ribcage, and I think it was game five that he hurt his ribcage, because if he doesn't hurt his ribcage, I think they beat Detroit. Yeah, that was a tough team. Yeah. Whenever I think about those Pistons team, I always get down because had they just drafted one of the star players from the 03 draft, they could have won multiple championships. Joe, I think that's where you and me differ on this, man, because, and I catch a lot of heat for this. I think Larry Brown would have wrecked Carmelo. I do. 
I think he would have completely destroyed Carmelo. I think about what Anthony was on that 04 Olympic team. James played the third least minutes on that team. Mm. Wade played the second least minutes on that Olympic team. Carmelo Anthony played the least minutes on that Olympic team. So I'm going to take that Carmelo Anthony, who had already had a great Brook season, when he was arguably the was rookie the of the year. rookie that year. Right. He, he, he was arguably the rookie of the year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take him, I'm going to put him on that Detroit Piston team that's loaded with vets. Not only are they loaded with vets, they're a championship caliber team who Larry Brown is already not on the fence about how he feels about young players. He's just going to stick Carmelo Anthony in that lineup, and he's going to be 18-20 a game? No, I think he would have been yanking Anthony in and out of that lineup, and I think he would have been screwing him up. So you think Denver was the best situation for him? I do, because they built that unit around him, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense. Larry Brown, I mean, he's the reason why the 4 team didn't win, win a gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> that team was stacked with talent. That team was so nice. For his greater moments at Larry Brown, of course, he's a great coach. You know, uh, he was a coach for – the Sixers when AI wanted when AI went to the finals, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of stories about players that played with him that do not like him very much as well. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. On to the first topic of the show: Thursday night football. We we witnessed one of the worst games on Thursday night: the Commanders <laughs> and Bears. It was horrible, and I, I had this thought this the other like three day. Weeks in a row. Yeah, and I had this thought the other day. There is no way that if I'm a company, if I'm paying the NFL $1 billion, we're airing the absolute worst primetime games on Thursday. The Bills-Chiefs game that's coming yes. up is a 4 o'clock game. We couldn't put that on a primetime slot. I don't know. Commanders and Bears was a bad game. Both teams are now 2-4. and four. The Commanders won 12-7 to seven or 12-9, to nine, I believe. It was one of those final seven. scores. But th- I think the real storyline that came from this game is Justin Fields and whether mm-hmm. or not the Bears are, are going to ruin him as a quarterback because mm-hmm. a lot of young quarterbacks have been in bad situations, but Justin Fields statistically is one of the worst. He's off to an all-time bad start, and that begs the question if it's too late for him to recover from this situation, from this regime that did not draft him at quarterback, and mm-hmm. if he can ultimately be a good NFL quarterback. What do you think, Riv? <sighs> I think it's still too early to jump the gun. You know, I think you can look at the situation, you can say it's fucking terrible, of course, but you can also look in Justin Fields and say, well, he hasn't looked good either. You know, the the minimal opportunities that he's given to throw the ball, he's thrown interceptions, he's missed a lot of reads, but at the same time, last two weeks in the second half of both games, he's looked well. He's looked like he's recovered coming into the second half. He's made some big-time plays. He makes some big plays with his feet, too. He uh, On Thursday, he got hit a few times that looked like bad hits. But I think, like, this situation is so fucked up because for Fields, it's like he can go out there and at, it looks like the, uh, fr- the staff doesn't trust him, but at the same time, the team isn't as good as you want it to be. We knew coming into the season this was going to be one of the worst situations for a rookie. But for me, I just think if you was on the ship before the season started, I don't think there's nothing that could have shown you. Because if you if you saw the tape, you like you know this was a lot of the stuff he's doing now was his problem coming in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like nothing should have swayed you. Now he's shown an ability to run with the ball. He's shown the ability to maneuver. You've seen some highlight plays. It may not be a lot, but you've seen some highlight plays. In these last couple weeks, especially that one throw, he threw to Darnell Mooney, which was a fucking dime. He put it right on the money. Mooney made that catch. Shout out to Mooney. But um, he's made some plays. So I think with the situation, a hundred million cap that Chicago is going to have, I think you have to at least give it one more year just to give him another chance. 
Well, when I think about quarterbacks, more young quarterbacks are ruined more than they're developed in pro football. And in this situation in Chicago, so prime example would be, Joe, with your Jets. I did not like Sam Donald coming to the Jets because I didn't think how they were going to develop him would be beneficial to him. Him coming out of college, he was a turnover machine. So I'm looking at him getting on that coach, him getting on that Jets team, and I'm thinking they like to throw the ball. Well, that's not conducive to his game. And what they're going to do is they're going to try to air it out, and they're going to really expose who Sam Donald is, and they're going to ruin him. And that's what they ended up doing with him. Well, I'm thinking about what Justin Fields is doing right now in Chicago. So he's on his second offensive coordinator in as many seasons. So that's also a problem because now I got to learn new verbiages. I got to learn a new offense. I got to learn new cadences. I got to learn all of these new things with this offense that I'm in. That's number one. Number two, the offense, the offensive line that I'm in, the offensive line that's in front of me is, is one of the most horrific offensive lines that I have. That's bad simply because I need to learn the offense. Well, I can't learn the offense in terms of my progressions. This guy, this guy, this guy. I can't learn that if I'm on the run every down. So that's going to be a problem for me also. When I think about his weapons, now I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure, Riv, how you feel about uh, about Mooney and about St. Brown, but I think they're average at best. I like Mooney. I'm not, I do right. like money. I, I, like I, money. I, I think that they're average at best. I'm not blown away by Montgomery. And the reason why I'm not blown away by Montgomery is because I think about a, I think about a running back who isn't really that physical. He's not really that big. Now, that offensive line isn't great, but that could just open up so much more of their offense if they had not even an elite running back, but a better running back. And they don't have that. And I think that the situation that they have Justin Fields in right now isn't conducive to his game, and they're on the way to wrecking him. And I don't like it at all. Yeah, there's no doubt. And <clears throat> Justin Fields learning new verbiage, like you, you mentioned, it helps if we know it's a coaching staff that is proven. Like Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, you go from Urban Meyer to now Peterson. Doug Peterson, you're now getting helped in that offense. And he's asked to do a lot, but he's a big-time player. Justin, Justin Fields, he had flaws coming out of college. We knew that he didn't scan the field very well. Slow he, at it. His his throwing mechanics weren't the best. His accuracy, at least when I watched him, was a bit spotty. And the Ohio State offense is one progression stuff. So you're not asked to do much. And that's why right. we saw Dwayne Haskins, Cardell Jones. Many Ohio State quarterbacks have big-time years at Ohio State. Justin Fields just happened to have a big-time year as well. But when I look at the Bears, there's just problems everywhere. Outside of the defense, which they have them playing pretty hard, the offensive line's a wreck. They have a fifth-round tackle starting. Their centers are in and out of the lineup. So you can't build that continuity within the offensive line. Darnell Mooney, I think you said it perfectly. He is their best wide receiver. But if you put him on any good football team that's actually in a playoff hunt, he is the third guy on that, on that team. There are some outliers like the Packers or maybe Kansas City who – they have some guys that Darnell Mooney might be better than. But for the most part, he's a third guy. He He's a low-end wide receiver, too. You don't he's have a possession receiver. You put, you put, put, him in, put him with the Cowboys. What, do you look like? what, do you, what does he look like in Dallas? Yeah. You know, I think CeeDee Lamb's better. You can argue Michael Gallup yeah. is better than him. So he could be the third receiver. And right. David Montgomery, to me, he's always been somebody who's gotten a lot of hype. But I view him as somebody who is, is a bit too slow for my liking. Khalil mm -hmm. Herbert has been better than him this <clears> season. Khalil Herbert, when you watch him play, he has way more burst. Justin Fields, the ideal scenario for him is playing in an offense where there's a lot of play action, there's bootlegs, 
and you don't have to drop back to pass as much. But the thing about it is that the Bears can't play that way too often because teams now catch up to that, and now they stop that. So you are forcing Justin Fields to drop back, and when he does drop back, you see these issues pile up. You see sometimes where he misses a wide-open crosser that that is coming right down his face where he could hit it. But then you also see flashes. That throw to Dante Pettis on Thursday night I thought was one of the best throws I've seen. Those electrifying plays for Justin Fields are still there. The big-time run in the fourth and the the final Mm -hmm. drive of the game. He could have let a game-winning drive had Darnell Mooney caught the ball. So Justin Fields, to me, I I still think has a lot of talent. I wasn't very high on him coming out of college, but I feel like teams ruin quarterbacks and teams have to be patient. The two prime examples I look at are Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia and more so Tua with Miami. Everybody after Tua's first two seasons was labeling him as a bust. His third year, they get him an offensive-minded coach. Two great receivers. Jalen Waddle was already there, but you add Tyreek Hill. Now that changes the offense. Tua is playing at a top 10 quarterback level statistically because of those because of that help around him. Yep. Chicago has way too much problems to just look at the quarterback position and say we have to change that. They have to get receivers, they have to get an offensive line. Even if Justin Fields ends up not being a great quarterback, you yep. have to build an infrastructure to the point where if you do move on, your next quarterback is going to have a favorable situation to succeed in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, it's too. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, yeah, you said it perfectly. It's one thing if a quarterback is playing like shit and he has the receivers, yeah. he has the offensive line. But when he's playing this bad and he has nothing that's helping him around, mm-hmm. then it right. looks a lot different. So I, I completely agree with you. Well, to, to add to your point, when you talked about Ohio State when it's a one-read offense, well, the reason why it's a one-read offense because nine times out of ten, my wide receiver is better than your best cornerback. So I don't really have to go through progressions. And my <laughs> offensive line at Ohio State or my offensive line at Michigan yep. is a lot better than your offensive line. So I got a couple of I got a couple of more seconds to actually make progressions. So that's that that's the first thing. But when I look at what Justin feels like, for example, what he did. He had a he had he had an actually pretty good game last week against Minnesota. Yeah. So when he hits, you know, Smith Massetti, even though I was the only catch of the game for him, he ended up fumbling. I mean, they were on their way to scoring. They were. It looked like they it looked like they were on their way to scoring. So when I think about Justin Fields, you brought up a really good point about uh, infrastructure. We get a guy, we get a quarterback, and is this guy is this our guy? Well, we don't know if Justin Fields is the guy yet, but he kind of looks like it. So if that's true. Let's build around him and let's let the people know that this is our God, because now we have a foundation as opposed to, well, we're going to give this one year. We're going to give this two years. Let's not forget, guys. uh, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for five years. I'm sorry, for four years. Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana for five seasons. There's nothing wrong with sitting behind somebody. And there's also nothing wrong with developing a quarterback. And if you develop them, the fans, the people that are inspired by you, They'll get behind you if that's what you're telling them, as opposed to, yo, this is the guy, and we're in the playoffs next year. When you know that that's not true, you know how far away this guy is. Not only how far away he is, you know how far away you guys are. And the last thing that I'm going to say about this, I've had a man crush on Roquan Smith for like the last two years. (laughs) He's just, I believe 49 a red, but Roquan Smith, he got Derek Brooks written all over him. That's who he reminds me of. He just gets to the football and we're going to have a discussion about when you're talking about MVPs, and we're going to have a discussion about him in a little bit. Yeah, Ro- Roquan Smith is absolutely awesome. 
I don't. Chicago has to pay him, and if they don't, they better trade him they to, said a, to a great organization. To, they're trying to keep him. That defense has been really, really fucking good. Yeah, though. Justin Fields to me, there's he's definitely shown me things to be concerned about. But there's also moments where I say I, I think it's too soon. It's way too soon to give up on this guy and just say he's not. That's the what I'm saying, Joe. You just got him. You don't even know how good he is. And like yeah. I said, what you're doing with him right now, you kind of screwing him up. This is his second offensive coordinator in as many seasons. If you're gonna now. If you're going to get another offensive coordinator in here, you're going to get another uh, head coach in here. Now that's going to be three in, I don't know, three, four years. And what kind of continuity is he going to have? And it, and I can't mention, I can't say enough that, you know, losing Allen Robinson was a big deal. That was a huge deal losing him. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I it, it, They might be trying to do something with, you know, Smith Massetti and, and nah. St. Brown and, but, I mean, losing Allen Robinson was a big deal. That was a huge deal. I mean, this is probably going to be the biggest offseason in, like, recent years for the Chicago Bears. They're going to have so much money, and they're going to have opportunities right. to upload that offense. So if they can do it, like we said, we the, the Bears are 2-4, and four, but these last two weeks, Fields has shown us that he has that heart. He can win these type of games if you put the right, right pieces around him. So they're going to have the type of cap this year. It's if yeah. the front office can do it. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they can. MVP talk, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, heavyweight bout this Sunday. I'm really sad that it's not a primetime game. It should be a primetime game. Who is the MVP so far, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Wait a minute, Joe. I think they moved it to 8 o'clock. They did? I think they moved it to Sunday night. They had to just do it just – no, isn't the Cowboys and uh, Eagles? That's right. That's correct. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles. I I thought that they moved that game to Sunday night. I'm sorry. That is not true. We play 8-20. Yeah, they play at 425. If they moved it to Sunday night, I would have been ecstatic. That's a nasty time. I thought it it got moved. My fault. That is not true. It it did not get moved. Well, when I think about those two, right, (laughs) the NFL, there's no misunderstanding – with, with the league MVP. Like, in in pro basketball, we have a whole yeah. bunch of different verbiage. In pro football, it's the best player on the best team. Let's, let's, not, let's not get it confused. It's the best player on the best team. So, when I think about what Josh Allen's doing, you know, we're talking about a dude in Josh Allen. He's fourth in the league in attempts, leads the league in yards. He's second in the league in touchdowns. I don't like – and he's, 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 in the, he's in the bottom half of the league in interceptions. So, he takes care of the football. I do like that about him. Now, you mentioned earlier about, you know, guys getting better. Josh Allen got better when he got digs. That's a big deal. The fact that he got digs, that helped him. Now, their run game isn't – it really hasn't been what what I would like to see it. But Josh Allen has been so good at supplementing that that he makes them just so much better. Now, when I think about Patrick Mahomes, I call him the – I mean, he, he's, he's the king of improvisation. So, we're talking about he's a awesome. dude whose, whose numbers are very similar. You know, his numbers are very similar. He's – uh, I think he's fourth. I mean, he's in the top. He's right outside the top 10 in attempts. He's fourth in yards. He leads the league in touchdowns, but he's third in interceptions. I don't like that. Hmm. And I don't like that. Not because he doesn't take chances, because he does take chances. But I think a lot of times, Patty might take unnecessary chances. And he has that safety net in Kelsey that he uses a lot more than people give him credit for. Um, I thought that Juju Smith would be a lot better than than what he is. I think he's really missing Cheetah because he's missing that 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 ten yard dig guy, that that six yard slant guy, that deep ball guy to really open up the offense. He's really missing him. But when I think about how important he is to their offense, as opposed to how important Josh Allen is, 
Joe, I'm talking about like this. I'm talking about like 979 in 100 and 977 in 100. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. And I thought we were going to have a defensive player to win the league MVP this year. I honestly did because I saw Michael Parsons and I was thinking, this dude got a legit shot to win the league MVP this year. But I think it could very well go to these two guys right here. And like I just told you, you already know how I feel about Roquan Smith. That dude gets <laughs> to the football. I, I, of, of all the players in the league, he gets to out, 10 yards down the field, Roquan Smith is there. In the backfield, Smith is there. If the Bears were better, we'd be having a very serious conversation about him. And the last thing I'm going to say about this, Joe, is after Sunday, if the, if the Eagles win, we're going to have a serious conversation about Jalen Hurts being the league MVP. And I know you guys don't want to talk about that, but we're going to have a conversation about Jalen Hurts being the league MVP. I think we have yeah, to. We had, him, we had him in our MVP talks. We had like five. For me, I like Jalen Hurts, but I'm still waiting on – Teams to figure out what the Eagles like to do and yeah. what 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 they're going to take away. Because when you're an explosive offense, especially early in the season, they're going to take something away. The, the Dallas Cowboys are an elite defense, so I'm looking forward to see how Jalen Hurts maneuvers around that defense. If he yeah. has a big-time performance, then, hey, I can't say anything. But with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, we've seen years of NFL defenses try to adjust to them and they simply can't. They're, they're too good. The offenses that they're in are too good. Between these two quarterbacks, after the playoff game last year, I was absolutely 100% convinced that these two guys are the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't care how you rank them 1A, 1B. It doesn't matter. These are the two best guys. This year, I'm, I'm slightly leaning Mahomes as the better player, but I do think Allen is having the better season because mm – -hmm. I think when you talk about the Bills' offense, everything is on Josh Allen, whether it's through the air, whether it's through the ground, running the ball because they don't have a running back that can run it. The Chiefs at least have a better offensive line, and they have a committee of running backs that can can get these chunk yards. We saw it last week with Jarek McKinnon on Monday Night Football. But Josh Allen, 14 touchdowns, 225 rushing yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Both these guys are great. Allen is first in EPA per play right now in the NFL. And the way I see these both of these offenses playing, it's different. Mahomes, now that Tyreek Hill isn't there, and even last year, they were taking a lot of underneath stuff. Mahomes mm -hmm. now has transitioned from a slinger, a deep ball slinger, to now a quick pass quarterback. Mm -hmm. Where Josh Allen, the Buffalo offense is still an intermediate to deep passing offense, and we so see crazy. that every single week. We don't see those big-time explosive plays from Kansas City like that as much as we did in, in the past, but I think Josh Allen is playing at a better level, and I think they're going to beat the Chiefs this Sunday. I, I do. Well, you got to remember, too, Rev. I mean, how many deep ball threats are in the game that are better than Cheetah? Very and if you take him out, and if you take him out the lineup, I None. mean that's a huge part of my offense that's gone. <laughs> yeah. So if, if if he was still there, I think we'd be having a different conversation about Patty Holmes. And, I and, do think. And despite and despite Cheetah not being there, Mahomes is still by almost every single metric the best quarterback in the NFL statistically, which just goes mm -hmm. to show that he's adjusted his game to now fit what they're currently doing in the offense. Yeah. And Juju, I thought he was going to have a better season as well, but. I think it's quite clear to me that the Chiefs, it's kind of just uh Whoever's open is open. It, it's just they're using everybody. Yeah. They're yeah. using everybody, and that's what it is. It's One one night is going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. One night it's Juju. 
Maybe yeah. Watson gets in there. He goes for a big time play. Like there are you, they're using all of their receivers, deploying all their receivers versus Buffalo, where you kind of know it's just Gabe Davis, Stefan, and sometimes Isaiah McKenzie. Mm. <sighs> this is uh this is tough for me because um big game Sunday night. I'm probably gonna take the Bills on that one. I I, I just think they're the better team right now. Defensively, they've been amazing. Offensively, like you said about Josh Allen. He does everything for them. He's their best running back. He's their quarterback. He's that big 6'4", I'm going to run you over, and then I can beat you with the deep ball. I think Mahomes has played a little better, but I think what keeps Allen, like, so we all can, like, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, right? But I think what keeps Allen in that conversation is because it's different between him and Lamar because not only can Allen run the ball, like he's a different type of runner than Lamar. Lamar's obviously the most dynamic runner in the league, but – Allen's a, a runner where he'll run you over, but then he can throw it like uh, like Mahomes. And that's what keeps him in that conversation of why yeah. I can be better than Mahomes. And this year we watched against the Ravens, you know, second half, playing like shit the whole first half, comes back, gets the W. We've seen against the Steelers. He just put on an absolute show, you know. So I think right now, but I still have because. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, man, but that was a, my uncle's a Steeler fan and I had to call him. I was like, they were waiting outside for you guys. <laughs> so you know, they was waiting outside for you guys. Come on in here and get this ass. Yeah, that was that was a out. crazy <laughs> game. Like like him and Gabe Davis was just having fun. I, I just yeah. think right now, like you said, with Cheetah gone, you know, yeah. Allen still has Diggs. You know, he has yeah. Gabe Davis who can get three catches, 150 yards at any moment. With yeah. the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, the offense was going to have to adjust. We know that it was going to have to make yeah. some adjustments. It was going to have to add some guys to try to fill in. They need like two, three guys to fill in the type of production right. Hill provides. So I think with that, even though he still has Kelsey, you still need that receiver to take it over the top. And I think him missing that and still yeah. being the best, like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I think I have to put him over a little bit right now. You know, because outside of that stinker against the Colts, which we all agree, that was kind of just a weird-ass game that they shouldn't have lost. He's been pretty much amazing throughout the whole season. So I think I would lean Mahomes right now as the MVP. But I think this Sunday, that's definitely going to change. I think Josh Allen's going to win that game. Yeah, I, I just do. remember watching these guys, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Joe, but I remember watching these guys in the playoffs last season, and I'm thinking to myself, this is the future of football right here. Uh-huh. These two guys right yep. here, this is the – as much as I dig Lamar Jackson, and I'm a Justin Herbert stan, and you know I'm a 49er fan, but I'm watching these two guys, and I'm like, this is the future of football right here. For the next 10 years, these two guys are going to be the standard at quarterback. No question about it. Of all the guys that I've seen, and I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, I'm a, I'm a big-time Lamar Jackson fan, but these two guys, the way they handle the offense, the way they the way they sling it around the yard, the way that Josh Allen just basically marches his guys up and down the field, the way that Patrick Mahomes just takes control of the offense. I'm like, these guys are going to be the standard for quarterback for the next decade. So I think we're going to not – I think that we're going to have this conversation again more than once, not just this year, but in years to come. Yeah, there's no doubt. Patrick Mahomes, his first year as a starter, I was bought in. I, I was <laughs> I when the first year he started, I told I told everybody that I don't care about any stats. This is the best quarterback I've ever seen. I've mm. ever seen. Josh Allen, I was a little bit late too. I was I'm a Jets fan, so the Bills rivalry is there. You're a hater. But Josh Football? Allen, I watch him play and I I'm I just fall in love with his game. I I yeah. he's must see TV, and I'm a big Josh Allen guy. I feel like this game is going to be the first time where we see the impact of Tyreek Hill's loss because in the yeah. playoff game, the Bills played a lot of soft zone on the Chiefs because 
you have to respect Tyreek Hill's speed. Now it kind of changes because you can play more aggressively against the Chiefs. You can have your corners man up and jam these receivers at the line because you're not respecting any of those outside threats. And then if you bracket um, Travis Kelsey, that can limit the Chiefs' offense. Is so is White playing? Because he's been practicing this week. I don't think he's going to play, but he has been he has been practicing. He'll probably play next week. So I think this is the game where we see Tyreek Hill's loss is going to be magnified because. What, what are the Chiefs going to do when a team like Buffalo, who has an elite-level defense, starts yeah. jamming up these receivers and playing aggressively, and these guys can't beat press coverage? And now you're counting on Mahomes to improvise even more than he usually does, which, which we know he can do. But right. I, I think that'll be the difference. I do think the Bills' defense is just much better than the Chiefs. And yeah. Josh Allen, he already has figured out Steve Spagnola's defense. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have the personnel outside of Legereus Sneed at the secondary position Oof. that can really keep up with Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis one-on-one. Right. So when I also think about when I think about Kansas City, well, without that deep threat, who are your chain movers? Who are the guys when third and five? Who are your guys at third and six? Who are your chain movers that Kansas City has? Well, the reason why you got a, a chain mover in, in Cheetah is because he's a deep ball threat. And when Patrick Mahomes improvises, he's almost always open, always. But now you don't have that. So who's the guy that we're going to? Not only not only is who the guy who's the guy we're going to, when Pat Mahomes comes to the line of scrimmage, I think about Tom Brady, right? I think about Joe Montana, most of those guys. When they come to the line of scrimmage, when Tom Brady comes to the line of scrimmage, he's looking for 87. Okay, there's 87. Whatever they're running, it doesn't make a difference, right? So when Joe Montana comes to the line, where's number 80? Okay, there's 80 right there. That's his guy. So when Pat Mahomes comes to the line of scrimmage, who's the guy that he's looking for? That when I got to improvise and the pocket breaks down, not only when the pocket breaks down, when I got to stand in the pocket and I got to make a big throw, who is the guy that I'm going to hit on third and six? Who's the guy that I'm going to hit on third and eight? That's the thing that I'm, as much as I, I dig Kelsey and as much as I dig Juju, Cheetah was such a chain mover and they don't have that. and They don't have that now. And I think that's going to be a problem for them. And in the playoff game with 13 seconds left, that guy from Mahomes was Tyree Kill. <laughs> and to counter that, the Bills signed Von Miller. So now oh, the boy. Bills have an edge presence like Von Miller oh, who can go after Mahomes. And I think that that is the difference right there. Just right. the edge presence. They are the most disciplined secondary in the NFL, coached by Sean McDermott. It, it, I feel like they're just the most complete team in football outside of the running back position. Everywhere else they are – B to A plus at it's really just a running back and even for them they're such a pass heavy team that it, it doesn't really matter much. They got they got they got to account for Gabe Davis too, which is which is going to be really because Snead is going to be on digs. Gabe Davis, he could have one of those days, man. I hope so. I, I hope so. so I think they I, and you're gonna kill me for this, Rev. I think they handle Kansas City. I don't think it's a dog fight. I think they straight handled them dudes. I'm I'm with you. I I'm I'm on the, I'm on the Bills stand. I, I've been talking about Allen MVP for like six <laughs> weeks. I, I'm with you. I, I think they straight. I think they straight handled them dudes. They just weekend. they just. Yeah. I think this is the Bills year. I really do. I think the defense is there. The offense is there. Allen has yeah. just got better. I, I think this is definitely going to be their year. They they take the suit. How about they got Vaughn Miller for a bucket of extra crispy in the six pack? I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> they just handed him over. Like, hey, we got one of the best pass rushers in the game that's available. You want this guy uh yeah did, we'll you, take um, sure. did you watch von miller's uh pod i think it's a podcast something on youtube he talked about how they recruited him and right. uh and how he said um josh allen called him and he, he was calling calling and he was like yo man he, von miller's not answering not answering he felt like 
they they made more of an effort than the Rams and like other teams because Josh Allen personally called him. Same thing. Right. Same thing with Stephon Diggs. Like Josh Allen be actually calling these dudes. Like he's right. actually, he's out there recruiting. So he talks about his. And he knows. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He knows if we can get this dude, he might push us over the top. Yeah. yeah. He knows that. And in that Absolutely. podcast, Stephon Diggs said that Josh Allen changed his career. Absolutely. He made him look like a top four receiver in the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he would have still been playing with Kirk Cousins if it wasn't for Josh Allen. Ah. <laughs> Oregon <laughs> traded to the Jets and played with Zach Wilson. I would have loved that. That would have been tough. Ever, ever since last year, because la- last year I watched this ESPN documentary mm-hmm. called The Four Falls of Buffalo and how yes. they lost four straight times in the Super Bowl. Ever since I watched that documentary, a soft spot, a, a soft spot in my heart for mm-hmm. Buffalo now exists. Last year I picked them to win it all. This year I, they, I'm uh, going all in. Who was the quarterback when they lost all four? Jim Kelly. Uh, Jim Kelly, yeah. Oh, that's, that's I was blanking rough. on his name. They went to four and straight? Th- yeah. Not only did they go to four straight, Riv, Okay, a lot of people don't recognize that they were the class of the AFC for like seven, eight years. Like, if you're trying to get to the bowl game, you got to come to West New York. Wow. They were the class of the AFC. And they, didn't and they, had, a, they had a bomb squad, Andre Rising, Jim yeah. Kelly. Damn. That defense was incredible. But the problem is they just kept running into different situations. Like, they weren't <laughs> better than that Giants team. Oh, they were they, they, they weren't they had, better than that Cowboys team. They just yeah. were They had one of the more – they innovated how offense was played, that mm. team. And I know for a fact against New York, because Bill Belichick was defensive coordinator for that Giants team, he found a way to stop this no-huddle-hurry-up offense, and that's what limited limited them in the Super Bowl. Damn. But oh, I'll every give you year, real, real quick, it was, Joe, it, it, it was very simple. Usually when you have a great game plan, nine times out of ten, it works, right? The problem is, is that, Somebody's going to see your game plan and they're going to use it against you. So rewind the clock back to 1991 when they're playing the Giants in the bowl game. Bill Belichick is looking at Jim Kelly going, if we let this dude sit in the pocket and throw all day, he's going to destroy us. We got no shot against him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put I'm going to put one guy on the edge. Right. Not only am I going to put one guy on the edge, I think my front four is better than your front four. I dare you to run the football. Well, fast forward the clock to 2015. Wade Phillips, he sees that game plan against Bill Belichick in the AFC Championship. You know what? I think my front four better than your front four. (laughs) I'm going to put seven guys in the box. I'm going to go single coverage on the edge, and I dare you to run the football. And what happened? They end up losing. Because the Giants did the same thing to Buffalo, which blew my mind that they wouldn't run the football with arguably the best running back in the league in Thurman Thomas. I'm thinking, why are y'all not shoving the ball down these dudes' throats? And they didn't. It it was incredible to me. Yeah, it it was actually – eye-opening how they didn't win because they had multiple pro bowlers. Yes. Multiple yes, Hall did. of Famers on that team. Like, multiple Hall of Famers. Yeah, and four in a row is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Rule got yeah. fired from Carolina. Uh, you were about yeah. to say something, OG? No, you good. Okay. Matt Rule got fired from Carolina, and we all know they're not going to be a good football team this year. They may surprisingly beat the Rams. I feel like after a team fires a coach that galvanizes players and the Rams have been struggling, so... There's a chance for an upset there, although I don't Joe, think it's going to happen. Joe, don't get sucked into this. This team is garbage. <laughs> Do not get sucked into it. I'm telling you right now, but keep going. Do not get sucked into this. I'm telling you, man. That begs <laughs> a question. They have a lot of big-time oh, yeah, players yeah. on this team. Mm-hmm. Which one of these guys do you want to go see? Do you want to see in a new situation, and what situation is that? We have DJ Moore, CMC, Brian Burns. 
Robbie Anderson might even be a trade candidate, and he's not an up-restaurant receiver, but he can definitely help out some teams, I believe. Mm-hmm. Starting off with DJ Moore, what team do you want to see him on? Oh, ooh, Joe, you go. No, no, no. Joe, you no, no. I got to go, because DJ Moore is my guy. Like, he's he's really, really my guy. Like, I've been a fan of DJ Moore since he walked into the league. I've always been upset because he hasn't had a good quarterback since he got into the league, and he's been putting up solid numbers, been consistent as they come, hasn't complained. Mm -hmm. I became a fan because of that Steve Smith video uh, when he was talking about him on Fantasy. That's how I became a fan Mm -hmm. of DJ Moore. But, um... I, I, I thought of three teams. You know, I don't know, like, how the capital might work or how the trade might go. I just thought of three teams that I thought that I that could utilize them right now. Green Bay was number one. Baltimore mm-hmm. was another. And uh, the the Rams. I thought those were three teams that could utilize them right now. Green Bay being, they don't have a number one, a number mm-hmm. two, damn near a number three at the moment. And somebody like DJ Moore could really use Aaron Rodgers when they both could uplift each other. Uh, Baltimore, they've been looking for a number one for a long time. And I think Lamar, with his improvements as a passer, bringing in a number one will finally put them over the top, that offense. And then, of course, the Rams, because that Allen Robinson signing sucks. It does suck. And being there, they're too. It does. Too. Yeah, they're too. Like, they're too Cooper Cup reliant. Like, they're just. Yeah. He gets spammed all day. And it's, it's, it's to a point where his 13 receptions for 125 yards hasn't been as impactful as it was last season because this year is just like, we know he's going to do it, but the offense still looks sloppy. They need a number two guy or somebody to help Cooper Cup on the other end. So those are the three teams for me that I think DJ Moore should just uh, go to. One team to one team for me and DJ Moore, and Joe's going to kill me for this, but I love him in New York with the Giants. And I knew, the reason yeah. why I love, <laughs> I love him in New York with the Giants, and the reason why is because now Daniel Jones, who – a lot of people give Daniel Jones a lot of flat, oh but I heard the New York Giant brass, I heard the New York Giant brass tell me, quote, we've done everything we can to screw this kid up. And they did. No doubt about it. They did. So to get a guy like DJ Moore, so we got a deep threat. We got a third down. We got a third down receiver because their their receiving core has been decimated. Shep's gone for the season. So their 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 receiving core has been decimated. And they're basically back to the New York Giants or football from the 90s because they give and Saquon Barkley the ball 25, 30 times a game. And we're going to win with you. Well, the problem with that is you're going to run them into the ground. And I don't know if that's a success. I don't know if that's a, a, a long term plan for winning. I love DJ Moore with the with the Giants. C-Mac, well, what we can't do is we can't act like C-Mac ain't made of glass. We can't act like that. As much as talented as he is and as, as awesome as a player as he is, health has always been an issue for him. However, to flip-flop what Riv just said, I love C-Mac in Baltimore. Oh, he gives, he gives Lamar Jackson another realm into their offense that they don't have. He gives now in in addition to Lamar Jackson getting involved with Mark Andrews more. Now he's got a he's got a running back who's also a great receiver who I can dump it off to, who I can he can run routes for us and he can open up our offense even more. I love him there. Now, your last guy, tell me his name again. I'm sorry, Burns. Burns. That's what I'm sorry, Burns. Hmm. I can't really think of anybody when I when I think about Burns. I mean, he's good in New Orleans, and that quarterback situation is terrible. I mean that, that that quarterback situation is has has been bad, but I also like him with the Giants too. I do. <laughs> you want everybody with the Giants, man. It's not that. It's, it's not. And I'm not a Giants fan. I I, you, I think you sure? that I'm, I'm not a Giants fan. No, I'm not. But <laughs> I look I I look at that Giants situation and I I I think that it sucks 
the situation that they put Daniel Jones in and what we talked about earlier when we're talking about young cornerback quarterbacks and basically just putting them in bad situations and wrecking them. And that's basically what they did with Daniel Jones. They made him look like he couldn't play when in reality, like if you give this dude enough, there are flashes where I, there's a reason why they call him Danny Dimes because he can make throws. The problem is that his offensive line has been decimated. And not only has his offensive line been decimated, he's been, his, his offense has also been hurt. I mean, Saquon Barkley's been out for two years. So I, 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 I'd like to see him get a better opportunity. I think you guys all mentioned great options. For DJ Moore, I'm going to differ a bit. And I have a couple options for him that are, that are different. The Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. I, mm. After losing Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is a $30 million price tag. DJ Moore's cap hit next year is $20 million and 16 and 16 For a wide receiver one, that's a pretty low cap hit. That's half of Tyreek Hill's number, and that mm-hmm. gives Patrick Mahomes an option on the outside that's reliable. That is a chain mover. The Packers was a great pick because I think as long as the Packers don't have a number one receiver, they are not going to go far this season. And we even saw last year with the best receiver in football, they still couldn't get over the hump, so they desperately need one. I have the Chargers on here. I do. I think Keenan Allen is always hurt. He's cooked up. Um, well, Keenan Allen's not always hurt, but he got hurt this year. He has a mm-hmm. lingering hamstring. You don't know how that's going to um, – how he's going to feel off that going forward. Mike Will is a great 50-50 jump ball receiver. But when I look at the Chargers, I feel like there's nobody that challenges defenses vertically. And DJ Moore being 25 years old, he can be an excellent route runner for them. He can be a deep threat for them. And now you have a receiving core of Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and Mike Williams. That would round up one of the better ones in the league. And Justin Herbert, you got to just go all in and give him help. The Chargers went all in on defense this past offseason with the signings of J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, trading for Khalil Mack. But it's time to go all in on offense. Get him another receiver. Get him more offensive linemen. It's time to go all in for Justin Herbert, and that's why the Chargers are up up here for me. Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey, the one team I see. The Ravens was a great one. I didn't even think about that. But the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. That's the one for me. I think Christian McCaffrey in Buffalo finally gives them an elite running back. He's an elite pass catcher. He would just be a perfect fit. And Brian Burns, I look at Tennessee as an option for him. With Harold Landry being out due to injury for the season, he can fill out their defensive front, which already features Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, Rashad Weaver. If you add, add in Brian Burns and now you get back Harold Landry next season, this yep. makes up one of the best defensive fronts in football. And if they make if they trade the right players for Brian Burns, they can actually save ten million dollars on the cap. Really? So mm-hmm. it would be it would be a great move for them all around if they can get a guy like Brian Burns. And I wouldn't even rule them out of the DJ Moore sweepstakes because yeah. from all the reports that I've read, AJ Brown just didn't want to be in Tennessee. He talked to Jalen Hurts. He was working out with him um before the draft. And here it was reported he already had a deal in place with Philadelphia to go there. And right. he he just didn't want to be in Tennessee. He wanted to be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee was willing to pay him. They were, but he wanted okay. to be in Philadelphia. Okay. So I think they don't mind trading for a big-time receiver, and D.J. Moore could help out the receiving core. The, the Titans right now, they're struggling with weapons. Well, here's the thing, though, Joe. 
there's a reason why A.J. Brown wanted out. It's not just because he wanted to go to Philadelphia. I mean, if you look at what was going on in Tennessee and you look at Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is who he is. So if you bring in a guy like D.J. Moore, is he going to make things better for Ryan Tannehill? As good as D.J. Moore is as a quarterback, I'm sorry, as as, as a receiver, is he going to make Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, I think, is who he is. So I'm not going to say I hate it because I don't hate it. No, I'm I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan and – we were talking, we're going to get to the league MVP. We already talked about that. When I think about Derrick Henry and I think about the fact that they basically have him as a workhorse back as well, and they could use another receiver. The problem is, is Ryan Tannehill being able to make the throws that are necessary. It's the difference between making throws and making the throw that's necessary. And I think that that's the difference and that's the separated with him and a lot of the better quarterbacks. So to get a guy like DJ Moore, would he would he be able to push Ryan Tannehill over that hump? I'm not sure because I'm not I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill. No, if AJ Brown couldn't do it, DJ Moore won't be able to. That's what I'm saying. AJ Brown's that, a better that, receiver that, than DJ Moore. Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, there's no is. doubt. Boomer bust. This is a new segment we have on the show. So mm-hmm. we are partnered with this fantasy app called uh, Boom Fantasy. And this is Boomer Bust. We have some over unders. We have some matchups, and I I picked out some of the some of the best games uh, from this weekend, from Week Six, that we can go over. So mm-hmm. Boomer Bust first over under Buffalo at KC. Gabriel Davis last time had two hundred plus yards and four touchdowns. In this game, is he going to go <laughs> over fifty six and a half receiving yards? I'm gonna say yeah. He's gonna go over. All he needs is one. Yeah, give me the over. Yeah. Just so you know, Rev, his name is at the top of the board on their scouting report. Of all the guys, <laughs> of, of all the guys that they're looking at, I know on defense, I'm he's the one that they're hey, at the top of the board. So defense is making mistakes, man. They make mistakes. Fifty-six yards. I think he could do better than fifty-six yards. I'm gonna go over. I, th- I I'm a big Gabe Davis truther. I'm going with the over. I think he might get a hundred. He might get a hundred. Yeah. Matchup. Who's gonna have more touchdowns, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I'm a, well, I think Josh Allen's going to win the game. So I, I'm going to say Josh Allen. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he'll get more touchdowns. I'm going to go Josh Allen, too, because the reason why I think that Kansas, I think that Buffalo defense, I think that they're going to create a lot of turnovers and get those guys in the red zone more. And because they get them in the red zone more, I think they're going to have more opportunity to score. So I'm going to go Josh Allen. I'm going with Josh Allen as well. Now, Dallas at Philadelphia, the Sunday night football game. Cooper Rush, some people are trying to create a quarterback controversy out of this. Over under 221 and a half passing yards. I'm going to go under. I, I just slay. He's been so great this year. He's going to have Lamb and Hal. I like our secondary. I'm, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under too because I look at that defense and that defense has been winning most of their games. In this 4-0 stretch, I think the defense has given up like less than 20 touchdowns. I think, yeah, I think. Less than two t- two touchdowns two touchdowns a game. That's it. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. No doubt about it. And make sure we clear, Riv, because a lot of people are getting sucked into this quarterback controversy. You have a quarterback in Dallas. This guy is they fill in until your quarterback gets healthy. Period. I, I know. <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, let's, yeah, let's know. not let, let's not get sucked into the well. Uh, you know, th- we already paid this guy. That yeah. we already paid this I w- guy. I would say this. I would just say no. Cooper Rush has played so well to where they can mm-hmm. take their time with Dak. But Dak is the guy. Yeah, Dak is the no, guy when he comes back. Yes. But Cooper's been you amazing. So rush. shout out yes. to him. 
I'm going yeah. under, and I'm going to put my hater cap on. This, Uh-oh, we this, knew it was coming. This we knew is it was the coming. game. This is the game that people see Cooper Rush for who he is. <laughs> a who limited, is he, Joe? A limited quarterback who's nothing more than a backup. That's what he is. <laughs> That's what he is. Jalen Hurts over <laughs> under 48 and a half rushing yards. Ooh. I'm going to go under. I think I'll take the under. I call him RB1. It's funny, but I, I think I'll go. I think I'll go under this game. <laughs> I'll go under though. I feel like that part deep. of Dallas' Dallas's game plan is to keep him in the pocket. I do. Yeah. 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 But something tells me that play. he can just break one big time. They got run Parsons out there. Though. And he can just have have those yards. I'm gonna go over for Jalen Hurts. I'm gonna go, go over for him. Yeah. And now we have three. We have no, we have two last matchups. So Arizona versus Seattle. Who has more receiving yards in this game, Hollywood Brown or DK Metcalf? I'm gonna go DK. I've been, I've been feeling the Geno DK vibe. I'm gonna go DK. Hey, hey, understand something, Rev? I know we want. I know a lot of people are, are off the the Geno Smith bandwagon. I mean, he lead the league in QBR. I think he lead the league in in in, in completion percentage. Yeah, he's been. I'm killing. watching Geno, and I'm thinking to myself, Yo, Geno don't suck. He's actually Geno is really good if you put him in if you put him in that situation. So I'm digging the Geno Metcalf situation. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, DK is the one. I'm a big yes. Geno Smith guy right now, too, and I'm, that's yeah. another prime example of young quarterbacks who give up on them too fast when they don't have yeah. a position to really succeed. And now in Seattle, been with the mm-hmm. same offense, has infrastructure, and he's yeah, been just, playing amazing. I'm not a big Hollywood guy. I think we bet when we said Gabe was going to yeah. have more yards than Hollywood. <laughs> I, I have I'm DK Metcalf more yards, and this is within Seattle. Who will have more receptions, DK or Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett. Lockett. Yeah, he's more of the rece- uh, rece- receiver yes. reception guy. So, yeah. I'm gonna go with DK just because the way I saw the Geno DK connection yeah, versus fire. the Saints, I-, I think DK has more receptions slightly. Oh, I thought you said interceptions. I'm sorry, I, that that went right over my head. I'm sorry, receptions. Oh, yes. Metcalf's definitely getting more catches, no doubt about that. I'm, 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 still, take, so I'm still take Lockett. I'm still taking nah, Lockett. I want to be I'm different because because <laughs> when I think about DK and I think about that secondary in Arizona, Geno is looking for him. He's yeah. the guy when he comes to the to the line of scrimmage. He's yeah. looking for 14, and I think he's going to him a lot more on Sunday than he would in any other Sunday, no doubt. 100. That's exactly what I've been seeing when I've been see, seeing Geno play. To win? I picked Seattle to win. Yep, they're at oh. home. I think the 12th man versus Arizona. It's gonna you know throw them off a little That's bit. That's a division game. I'm bought in on Geno. I think Geno's. I don't know. I don't know what's going on up in Arizona, up in Seattle because Arizona will go up there and they two and eight and they will go up there and smoke Seattle. And I don't know what it is that that's because that's a that's an NFC that's an NFC West rivalry. Mm-hmm. Like we'll go up there and we twelve and two and go to Seattle and get blown out, my 49ers. <laughs> but Arizona will come in there, they three and seven, and they'll go in there and they'll smoke Seattle. I don't know what's going on up there, Rib. I can't tell you. <laughs> I wish I could tell you what was going on up there, but I don't it's, know. It's the division so games, I, you know, they all over the place. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> That's making me rethink my pick a little bit. I don't know. I, don't I might know what have it to. Is, man. I don't. I, mean, I can't put my finger on it. I got Arizona. Just FYI. Yeah. Boone Fantasy also offers NBA now, and it's it's very easy to to bet on NBA games because you just if basically tonight they have some like picks for tonight. 
Jason Tatum over 22 points. It's a preseason game. I wouldn't mm. bet on preseason, but you could. But Boone Fantasy, mm. shout out to them for sponsoring us. They make us go and supporting people them betting, and supporting us. People betting on fantasy on preseason is so fiend. It's like, what are you betting on the preseason? There's no you reason on that to bet. You for real. Yeah, if like, you betting you, on preseason, <laughs> you for real on that diesel. Yeah, yes, like, are. damn. Absolutely, y'all. Yeah, there's no reason to bet on preseason. Now, I have this Would You Rather NBA Awards edition. I'm going to mm-hmm. for I have a subsection for each award and I have players that I feel like will be in the running for these awards. And you tell me who's more likely to, to win that award. So this is would you rather NBA awards edition six man of the year. First award up Tyler Hero or Jordan Poole. I'm going to go Jordan Poole because I think Clay Thompson is going to have a better year. He's going to be healthy. And I think Hero is going to end up getting that starting spot anyways. I'm going to go pull. I think that Hero is much better coming off the bench. Not only do I think he's much better coming off the bench, he's more comfortable in that role. And that role is you are buckets. You are our buckets guy coming off the bench. And all you have to do is be solid on defense. And I think that he's actually got himself more comfortable in that role. And I think he could have a better season this year. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Tyler Hero. I can't disagree with you, OG. Jordan Poole, I know he's the hot pick right now, but Tyler Hero already had one of the best six-man years we've ever seen, and I think he's settled in that role. I'm going with Tyler Hero as well, and I think he's starting to get slightly underrated. I do. I think Tyler Hero, he's a very good player, and people tend to look at him as less than a a Jordan Poole. Uh, Rib, I got a question for Rib. Rib, what's, what's... I'm I'm missing something when it comes to 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 Jordan Poole. I I, I don't know what it is, but I I all I hear is people talking to me. Jordan Poole is uh-huh. this. Jordan Poole is that. So he's going into year four, yeah. right? At his apex, let's say we're in year seven. Okay, who is Jordan Poole? That's a tough question, and it's a tough question because let me let me ask you this: How long are Steph, Clay, and Dre still in the league on the Warriors? Uh, I think that. I don't think I don't think Drake. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think uh, Steph is going anywhere. Right. I think that Clay. I think he's on the Warriors at least this season mm-hmm. and next season. And then I think that they. I, I think after next season, I think that they move in a different direction with Clay Thompson. So you, you're um, telling me by year six and then seven, Poole will have a starting spot for the Golden State Warriors. Probably five. I, but let, let's say by year five. Okay, year right? five. Let, let's let's say by year five. I think his apex is probably a low-end all-star. I think he has that type of apex. Low-end okay. all-star. I'm, I'm cool with that. Because yeah, yeah, the reason why – I got people talking to me like, do you think he's I'm, – I'm, the question that I'm asking, because I got somebody talking to me about he's at his best season is 27, 28 a game. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, I'm okay. like, that's Bradley Beal good. Is he, do you think he's Bradley Beal good? I don't think he's Bradley Beal good. I don't even think the system would allow him to get 27 points a game. Right. So I, I can't see that. I think he's a 20, 20 to 23 points per game score at his apex. I think that's right. what he can do. He's an efficient scorer. He, he has a lot of bucket. Right. You know, he has a lot. Of, he has a nice little toolbox so far. So I, think I, I, do I just don't want to overrate him. That's all. I, I just want to make sure that that I'm not losing it. No, when Bradley Bill is a little crazy. I don't think he, and okay. I'm not a fan of Bradley Bill, but I don't think Poole is right. Bradley Bill. I don't, I don't think that. Okay. All right. Next two names, Christian Wood or Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to go with Christian Wood. 
I think he has a better year off the bench than Brogdon this year. You know what? I'm going to piggyback off that. And I don't even think Brogdon – I think they're gonna, Brogdon isn't going to play enough. I think he'll get hurt. So, uh, Christian Wood, I'm going to take Christian Wood. He'll, well, be, he'll definitely need all, to be a better player off the bench for them. Well, I think Christian Wood starts for them. I don't think he's coming off the bench. I think he starts in front of Powell. I don't think Powell is a – I don't think Powell is a starting center. Definitely not on a playoff team. But I don't think he's a starting center. No, Wood's coming the, off the bench. Yeah, Jason Kidd said that JaVale McGee is starting yep. for them. Dinwiddie and Wood are coming off the bench. I would have okay. loved for Christian Wood to start. I would have loved okay. for it. So, so if that's true, so so if that's true, then I'm going to go with Christian Wood because I think his motor and his ability just to stay healthy is as smart as Malcolm Brogdon is, and I think he's going to be great in that Boston system, playing behind Marcus Smart, and he's going to give them different energy. The thing that I could that concerns me with him is health. He always is banged. Yeah. He's always banged up. And not only is he banged up, Riv, he's banged up to the point where it's affecting his game. Like he's not one of those guys that plays through injury. He, yeah, no, no, he no. rolls his ankle and he's out for three weeks. Yeah, That's he's out for he a long time. So I, I'm I'm gonna go with Christian Wood. Rookie of the year edition, Paulo Boncaro or Jabari Smith Jr. Boncaro, easy. I don't think I need to discuss this. Oh, I'm sorry. Jabari Smith, I, when Houston saw him drop to three, they were doing backflips in the war room. Absolutely, <laughs> man. You kidding me? I couldn't believe he dropped to three. I was like, yeah. what? Absolutely. I think this guy, he might be a franchise player, Rip. He, uh, he, he may very well be a franchise player I'm watching this kid. Uh, I love him. I love anything about him. He's going to get he's gonna get bigger. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I like the kid from Duke. I do like his game. But when I look at, when I look at Smith, he just looks tougher. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's got more potential. He looks like he's got more in his bag potentially. Oh, I'm I'm digging him. So you this you, you taking Jabari? I'm definitely digging him. Okay. No doubt about it. You can't sleep on Tari Eason either. Tari Eason's <laughs> Tari Eason nice. nice. Tari Eason's very nice. I, I'm gonna go Apollo. I love the Jabari pick. Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivy. Now this was a pick when the Kings pass up on Ivy. Everybody was was clowning the Kings for it, but Keegan Murray's look good. So Keegan or Ivy. Mm-hmm. I find it funny that people are on Twitter putting up per 36s for preseason. It's really hilarious. <laughs> but, um, but give me Jaden Ivey. That's my pick to win rookie of the year anyways. So uh, give me Jaden Ivey. I watched him last night against Memphis. Like I said, I don't really watch too – I'm sorry. I don't really watch too much preseason. But I, I did watch a little bit of him. And he looks like he's going to be an integral part of what they're doing with that O. And, but Murray, man, Murray, Murray just looks like he's more pro-ready. So I'd have to go with Murray. I think Keegan Murray does have a better rookie season. Yeah. And is Benedict Matherin over all these guys? In the preseason, he averaged 20 points per game. Indiana has a winning record in the preseason, mostly due to his so play. So does OKC, 5-1. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I, I like Matherin. He he is my dark horse pick to win rookie of the year. Matherin is a great pick. And I think he has, in terms of all of the rookies we're talking about, he has mm-hmm. the best point guard in terms of playmaking. You mm-hmm. know, Jabari Smith doesn't have a playmaking point guard. Uh, Boncaro doesn't really have a playmaking point guard. Jaden Ivey does, but Kate is in year two, right? So it's like yeah. Halle Burton is the most established playmaker out the bunch. So he's going to get Matherin a lot of touches. And I think they'll move off of Heald and Turner eventually, so which is going to open mm-hmm. up the game more for Matherin. And he's a shooter. So I don't, I don't even think that's a dark horse. He should be in the conversation. There's a lot of guys that could be in the conversation. So I don't yeah. see that as a bad pick. Well, when I also think about Porter Jr. I mean, I think that you're underrating him as a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he can score the basketball, but I think that you are. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I, I, I think that you. I don't think you're giving him enough credit as a playmaker. And I, I mean, think that it, we, it, in terms of him and Halliburton, Halliburton's just on a different 
I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Halliburton is better. Yeah, I, 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 I do. Playmaker, I just highly just on a different level. Yeah, I, I do think I do think Halliburton is better than Porter Jr. But I do think that coming into this season now, Porter Jr. got Green on one end, and yeah. he's got Jabari Smith on the other end. That has to enhance his playmaking. Ability. It does. It, it should to. like logically, it should. Make, yeah, it should it make him better to. on it. So you're going with Matherin over anybody else that we named? I would go Matherin over Murray. Oh, that's the only one they're going nah, over. I'm, I'm, yeah. Nah, I'm digging Murray, man. I do. And I dig Matherin. He's the one who said that, you know, James got to show it to him. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's who he is. Yeah. I know. That, that's who you're coming into the league. That, that, that's just the way that works. But I'm digging this kid Murray, man. I do. I like him. I don't know. I just don't think Matt, Murray's going to get a lot of touches. You know, I think Fox, Sabonis, even Barnes for a little bit, you know, not for the whole season, but for a little bit. He's going to get yeah. in. So, I don't know. And I think the Kings are, like, gunning for a playing spot. So, it's to rely on a rookie to do that. It's kind of tough. They're going to shock the world, man. Shock the world? Sacramento Kings. <laughs> They're going to shock the world. Joe is the same one that told us, Rev, about J- James Harden. Because we already know what James Harden is going to look oh, like yeah. coming into the season, he, he's, right? He's back on that. He, he hasn't stopped. Right. You know, he's going to look great. You yeah. know what? He's going he's gonna to be in great shape. And, no, nah, you're not sucking me in, Joe. Not, <laughs> I, I, I've not seen good. I've seen the, the pictures Philly's <laughs> taking of him. The muscles oh, are showing. Anthony Edwards paid homage. He said, I saw James go. Harden. And I said, I had to get in the gym myself. Here I had go. to. Here, here, here we go. <laughs> Most improved player, Tyrese Halliburton or Anthony Edwards? Um, I'm going to take Halliburton. He'll have a lot more opportunity. He'll run the team. So, yeah, give me Halliburton. I'm taking none of those guys. I'm going with Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is going to run wild in Utah. They're going to be awful. Okay. I'm glad you. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I've been meaning to ask. Somebody else told me this too, but I, I didn't want to ask them because they're not as smart as you. So I'm gonna ask you because <laughs> they, they, yeah, they're not. They're just they say a lot of things that just doesn't make sense to me. It's one of my friends. Um, you, Colin Sexton, most improved. We've seen him before. Average 24 points a game. Granted, mm-hmm. it was a bad situation. We know it was just counting numbers. What mm-hmm. does he have to like? Shoot me. What does he have to do this year to win the most improved? Because he's already averaged I, 24 points a game. Yes, he was averaging 24. And that Cleveland team was on its way to being a good team. Yes, facts. So with that being said, he's not playing with nearly as good players nope. in Utah as he was playing in Cleveland. So with that being said, they're going to turn him loose even more. Mm. So that 24, that can very well turn into something way different to like okay. 26. Okay. That could very well turn. And we could be talking about him as a potential all-star. Even as even though as bad of a team as he, he's on, because they're going to turn him loose. Mm-hmm. Utah has obviously made it clear to us. Danny Ainge has made it clear to us that we are starting over, and in the process of us starting over, we're giving this guy the ball right here. So when I think about Colin Sexton in Utah, I think that he's going to be the guy that they're going to turn loose, and he's going to be able to do whatever he wants. And I think he's going to have one of the better years, if not the best year, of those guys. That what you're what about. do you think his ceiling is? Realistically, like on a, on a, on a good playoff winning team, not no bottom dweller. I think he could be a twenty. I think he could be a twenty and seven guy. Okay. Now, when I say ceiling, I, when, when I say ceiling, I mean twenty plus. Right. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's a twenty eight, twenty nine yeah, yeah, yeah. game guy. No, I don't think he's that good. But I do think with his ability to defend and his ability to play make, I mean, he he doesn't pass it as much as I'd like for him to. Mm. That's why I look at him more of a combo guard than more of a traditional point guard like that's why they moved off of him and, and stuck with Darius Garland because he's going to pass the ball more mm-hmm. so when I think about when, when I think about Colin Sexton he's more of like a like a combo guard so I can see him in that 
a, a lower level Damian Lillard type of spot where he's okay. like 22, between 22 and 24, 25, and like six or seven. If I'm Danny Ainge and we start winning with Colin Sexton, I might have to trade him too. <laughs> I might have to ship him out of Utah because <laughs> nobody's ruining my chance of trying to get Victor. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Between these three get, names. Go, go ahead and start winning in Utah. Goodbye, Sexton. Nope. <laughs> we, we, didn't get rid of all, we didn't get rid of all of the people that we got rid of and got all these first-round picks for us to be good. Yeah. You screwing that up. What are you doing? Soon, You're supposed yeah. to suck. So as you see Jordan Clarkson have a 40 ball. All right. He's making that Bye. call. Yep. We, we making phone calls. Who's who's interested? Because we're not interested in keeping him. Nah. Nope. Defensive player of the year edition, Ooh. Rudy Gobert or Bam Adebayo? Man, give me Bam, man. I, I keep picking him every year. I, I got to get one right. Give me Bam, man. I'm going Gobert still. I'm going with him I'm, still. Three, the reason why I'm going with Gobert, Riv, I, I think you're looking at Bam as a better overall defensive player. A thousand I'm looking percent. At, and I'm looking at Rudy his impact on that unit. Like that Miami Heat team, that got a damn good defensive team. Yeah. So when I think about Rudy, when he's when Rudy on that Minnesota team, how he affects them defensively, there's a reason why they got him. They got him because they basically got out toughed by Memphis. <laughs> That's the reason why they got him. So to get him on a unit, now we got another rim protector. Now we got another rebounder. Now we got a guy who can man the paint. We got that guy now, and he's going to make their team defensively. He's going to make them better. I think that Miami already has a really good defensive team, and I think Bam just kind of adds to that. I just I, I look at it like I look at it like this: like Gobert's going to have the numbers. I think we all know that he's going to have the defensive numbers. But like a situation like Minnesota, as opposed to Utah, they got Jaden McDaniels, they got mm-hmm. Ant Edwards. You know, Cat's going to buy in. D'Lo bought in last year. He was a good defender. As opposed to in Miami, you know, they have the culture. They have the coach. But Bam, ha- with P.J. Tucker gone, Bam mm-hmm. is probably going to have to cover a lot more ground. And with Kyle Lowry, we don't know what he's going to look like coming into this year. I just think Bam is going to have to cover a lot more than as opposed to kind of like what Rudy Gobert did for Utah. He's going to have to right. cover a lot more ground as opposed to in Minnesota. Gobert has a lot of help now, so it's going to look like it's gonna. he's still going to be that guy. But Bam, you know, you got to cover for Tyler Harrow. You got to cover for Max Struess. Gabe Vincent, he's he's small. You got to cover yeah. for him. Lowry, he's old. Jimmy Butler, he can't. You need him for the playoffs. So in mm-hmm. the regular season, he can't be that elite every night defender for you. Who's going to play the four? You know, Bam has to now switch one through five and rim protect. So I just think Bam's going to have more responsibility and is going to show a lot more now as opposed to where Gobert's in Minnesota. He has a little bit more help, a lot more help which, as opposed to Utah. Which I'm glad you mentioned that because if we flip that around, so now Cat who his best season, and a lot of people don't recognize this, but when he was at Kentucky, he played the four. Facts. That was his. It was Cauley Stein at the five. Yeah. Yes, it was Cauley Stein, and 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 Cat was probably the best player in the country playing the four. Well, now he can get back to that. Not only can he get back to that, that can make him even a more efficient defender. That can make him even more of an efficient rebounder because now I got a guy behind me. I don't have to deal with. Embiid. I don't have to deal with Joker. I don't have to deal with any of those big guys. I don't have to deal with Giannis. Embiid is going to deal with those. I'm not sorry. Gobert is going to have to deal with those dudes. And when you got a guy behind you like that, so Anthony Edwards, who has already made it clear to us that he is not great as a defender. I'd like to see him become better as a defender, but he makes life, Rudy Gobert makes life so much less difficult for guys when you got a rim protector behind you like that. So those guys, I think that they're going to be more in tune to play defense 
as opposed to him cleaning up messes like he was doing in Utah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was saving. Miami might start Omer Yurtsevin though. Oh shit! At the five, it was garbage. Riv in Utah when he was off the floor, I think they were twenty seventh in the league. No, they were. In yeah. defense. They might have been thirtieth. They might have been thirtieth. It's garbage when he's off the floor. They don't play him. He was. He was basically the anchor of their defense. They were terrible. No, you gotta tell me. I I love Rudy to Minnesota because people are gonna start putting more respect on him. Because they don't have the flaws Utah had defensively. So no, he'll be much better. He'll be much yeah, better in that situation. Now, these next two names, mm-hmm. let's just act like one of these guys stays healthy. <laughs> Giannis or Anthony Davis? In terms of what? DPOI. I would, I would, give me AD. Give me AD. Kind of like the same reasons for Bam. AD's going to have yeah. to do so much for them. And if yeah. he can get back to that bubble vibe where he was that guy on the perimeter and that rim-protecting guy. I think he's a better defender than Giannis when he's healthy. So, yeah, give me AD for this. Riz, are we, we going to act like AD didn't have three rebounds two nights ago? Three! I don't watch three teams, so I don't know what you're you saying. I don't know are what are you going to get on the backboard? Is that what you – I know you don't want to play the five. I already listen, know that. You've already made that clear to us. OG, I don't, don't, I, I, I don't know what you're saying. You're talking about the preseason. Right. I have no okay, idea. Okay, I know you – but the, the fact that I know that you don't <laughs> want to play the five, you've already made that clear to us. Okay. But there's no way you can play over 30 minutes and have three rebounds. Three? That's it? <laughs> and now, don't get me wrong, Joe. We, have, we were having a serious conversation about – Giannis and AD a couple of years ago about who was better. Three years ago. And, and 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 Giannis has clearly surpassed him. So for AD to get back to that elite defensive level, I don't think it's ridiculous, but I think that Giannis is at that point, man, where as a defender, I think it's going to be hard to surpass him. I'm going with Giannis as well. <clears throat> and now this is the final edition, MVP edition, Luka or Zion this year? Give me Luca. Yeah. As much as I love Luca, I do think the Pelicans have a better team than Dallas, you, and they mm-hmm. can finish higher in the seeding. Do seedings you think that helps if, his case or hinders? I think it helps Zion if they're a higher seed and he's he's averaging twenty seven yeah. like he did in his second year. Meanwhile, if Dallas ends up in the sixth seed and Luca is twenty eight nine and nine, no, and if he will be twenty eight nine, he will right. be twenty eight nine and nine. Twenty eight nine and nine. It's going to be difficult to keep him out of the conversation for league MVP. I'm I'm not sure. I think this I think this season Zion comes in and I put him in the same category with Clay in terms of him just being able to hold up. I'm going to prove this year that I can hold up. Being an elite player. That's something different. I need to prove to everybody that I am good enough just to hold up and play 60, 70 games. We'll get to the elite stuff later because I think he still has time there. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm going with Luka. Yeah, I can't bet against Luka. Joel Embiid or KD? There's another dude who can't hold up. Um, well, both of them. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> so it's like, who's going to stay the healthiest? This is realistically the question. I have Embiid. Well, those are for different reasons, though, Riv. They're for two different reasons, though. Yeah, of why course. I, I'm going to say Embiid. No, yeah. no, I lied. I'm going to say Kevin Durant because I think Embiid, I, I think when you look at Embiid's situation, basically based off what you've been telling me, Harden's going to get back to that level. So if Harden's going to get back to that level, Embiid isn't going to have to do as much as we've been asking him to do. And plus, I'm predicting a Maxi another breakout year. So Embiid isn't going to have to do as much as opposed to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant is still going to have to be that guy for them, regardless of the situation. So give me KD. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm out on Brooklyn. 
no matter what you try to sell me, I am O-U-T <laughs> out on the Brooklyn Nets. There's nothing that you can really sell me on them right now. When I think about KD, I think that he's on the other side of the best of KD, but it's still there. No doubt about that. I think that Embiid is at the beginning of his prime, and he's I think he finished twice in the last two years. Yep. He finished second in league MVP votes. Hurts. And we're gonna we're gonna see a different we're going to see a different MB this year. And the reason why we're going to see a different MB this year is because him and James Harden actually get to play the entire season. See, last year he came in in the middle of the season. We really didn't know what was going on. Are we going to run the offense through you? Are we going to run the offense through me? I think that that's already been established. I think James Harden is the playmaker and Embiid is the guy on offense. So when I think about those two, I definitely think Embiid better. He's got the better opportunity to do it than KD. And plus, I'm, I'm not sure that KD is going to hold up. Yeah, that's a great point. Last two names, Nikola Jokic or Giannis? Shit. I think Denver finishes with the one or second seed in the West, and Nikola Jokic has another dominant season. I think I had him top two. That's why I have Jokic over Giannis for MVP. I'll go the same route as you. I think Jamal and MPJ just opens up the floor even more than with that bum team they had. So, yeah, I'll go the same route as you. I'm going to say the Joker. I'm I'm a, I'm a Giannis stand, so I'm 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 one of those guys that I I think Giannis is the best in the game, and I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the NBA championship. I think they're the best team in the NBA, so I'm having a difficult time seeing Giannis not win the league MVP this year. However, Rib, I will tell you this: we're going to have a real serious conversation in <laughs> five months about about a, a three a three straight league MVP and uh-huh. Joker. People don't want to have that conversation because they see Joker. But when I think about like exactly what you just got finished talking about, MPJ coming back, being able to stretch the defense the way he does, Murray being that secondary ball handler and making that offense go even better and be more efficient. When I look at how they are, and that's going to make Joker even better. That's going to that's going to allow Joker to rebound more. more that's going to allow Joker to be a better defender and all of those other things that Joker does. So when I think about Denver, I got Denver as the third seed. I don't have them as, as a top two seed, but I do have them as a th- I got them as a top three seed. But we're going to have a serious conversation in a couple of months about Joker being the league MVP for the third. So you think year. first off is Bird? You think Joker is Bird? We, we we are going to have a serious. And I'm telling you, Rev, people do not want to have that conversation. And the reason why they don't want to have it is number one, Joker is a Euro, and, yeah, and they do really, yep. yeah, and the way he looks, and number two, they're not sold on Denver. They're not sold on Denver at all. But when I think about Joker and I think about what he does, we're going to have a serious conversation about Oh, yeah, it's, it's hilarious yeah. how they, for Denver, they just ignore the fact that he hasn't had his two best players for the yeah. past two seasons. It's really weird. There was in the Western Conference Championship the last time he had both his Yeah, yeah his, his, and he wasn't players. even what he was today. So it's like. No, he's a, Joker from 20 is not Joker in 23. That's a, yeah, two different dudes. Crazy. And nope. Adding on to that, the additions of KCP and Bruce Brown and what they bring as cutters. Huge adds to Denver tremendously. Where their Joker can average eight to ten assists a game, and now Aaron Gordon can stop focusing on being a secondary scorer and just go back to playing defense. Yeah, that's gonna help them tremendously. I think it's gonna help them tremendously. Joe, if we have a Joker where he's 25, 12, and 11, we're not we're not having this conversation. And and Denver is third or second in the West. Are we what are we talking about? He's more efficient too now, right? League's scary. Which is it? Which is it? Unrealistic, by the way. It's not like I'm saying that. Like that's something that's astronomical. He can do that, considering what you just said when you brought up the players that he's going to have now. That's not 
ridiculous to say that Joker could go 25, 11, and 10. Nikola Jokic is one of those players that he's an all-time great already, and I feel like he still doesn't get his just due. Because I remember earlier in the season where we post clips on TikTok and we talk about Jokic and where mm-hmm. we rank the best players. There's people that still have Kevin Durant over over Nikola Jokic. And I'm like, nope. how? How can KD be over Jokic? Five. Some people don't have Joker in their top five. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Like that's, Joker to me at yeah. the least is three. Three, four, that's, two. That's, that's where no. I got him at. I got him at I, I got him at two. Yeah, I got I got him at two. I got him at one. Giannis, Steph. Mm-hmm. Luca, I, I got him be, at one. You know, I got yeah. I got him at I got him at two. I got, our, I got our Giannis. Two, our, wait, what's I your three? Giannis, Giannis, Joker, Luca. Oh, <laughs> so Curry's not in your top three. Four. That's oh. what Curry is. Number four. I'm sorry, five because uh, Embiid's four, Curry's five. Oh, I can't have a shit. I I, I I can't have a dude. I can't have a dude that won the Finals MVP and led the league in scoring the year before outside the top five. I can't do that. That's nuts to me. No. OG, you hurt me with that list, but you know I'm gonna let it slide because MB, well, how, how can you fight a dude who I me mean, he finished second in the league in MVP votes the last two years? Just, listen, listen, man, I'm gonna let you slide with the list. I, I, oh I, my god! But you know I got Joker one, I got Giannis yeah. two, I got Steph at three, uh-huh. I got Luke okay. at four. I don't have MB in my five though. Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry, I don't have MB in my. Five. Why? What, what, what's your, what's your issue with with MB being a top five player in the league? I just think there's a couple guys better than him. So with that being said, take Embiid's name off. Take take Embiid. We 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 talking about a guy, all right? We ain't, we ain't gonna say Joel Embiid. This guy that we're talking yeah. about, right? He finished twice, second in league MVP votes. You don't you didn't even hear the names in front of him. You just, so how can you? Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I, I got LeBron and KD in front of him. Those are valid names. Those are valid names. You can't even get I mad have, at those because you have them right I behind. Thought, I do. I I I I had James at playing six. at the level that he played last season. I mm-hmm. I think that that was the. I think that that was it for James. I think that James is still a top ten player, but him being the best player or a top five player at this point, because that's why they got Anthony Davis. They got Anthony Davis to for James to play off of him. The days of James throwing teams on his back and taking them to the NBA Finals, those days are over. I'm not doing. I'm too old for that. <laughs> so with that being said, yeah, he's too, we, and, and we know that. So that's why I got James right outside the top five. I got him at six. However, to think about Joel Embiid and to think about what he's done over the last three, four years, and you know, being the top three defensive player of the year, leading, being second in league MVP votes in the last two years, if we take his name off there and we just say this guy did this, what are you gonna say? That's a top five player. Yeah, I mean. I just look at the playoffs and him being the only guy that hasn't gotten far and him ha- him, ha- ah, him having his shorts. You know, I know regular season is extremely important, but I look right. at the other top four guys. Luca mm-hmm. beat the Suns. You know, we, we all a lot of people picked the Suns. He went out there, did his thing. Steph, you know, he had a mm-hmm. historical finals. Um, mm-hmm. The Joker, you know, he, he won the MVP, you know, and then Giannis, you know, I don't really mm-hmm. got to speak too much about that. I just, and right. then LeBron, you know, I, I don't go, like, when I, the way I rank players is I don't go, oh, going into this season, I just rank off what you've done for me the past season and then, like, maybe a season before that. So, right. like, and regular season, Embiid is a regular season merchant. I know what he's going to do in the regular season. He's going to be a dog right. in the regular season. But I like in the playoffs, it's still, I think it's still tough for me to put him over LeBron, even put him over KD. You know, I still might have those two guys in front of him. That could obviously change the season, but I still think those two guys are in front of him. If we talk about playoffs and regular yeah. season because those two guys 
they, they're going to put up those numbers in the regular season. It may not be yeah. Embiid, but it's going to be close. And then in the playoffs, I, I just trust those two guys Katie more. just got swept, though. No, KD did just get swept. And LeBron last My. playoffs had a bad playoffs versus the Suns. Oh, that was two years ago. And he didn't make the playoffs this past year. Yeah, but LeBron averaged 30. He's 38. And beat averaged 30. And beats 27, 20 years old. LeBron's like 10 times his age, bro. Difference. You don't like Embiid. That's <laughs> <laughs> difference, bro. LeBron different. So, OG, you said that Denver's in your top three in the West. I'm curious to where you have Minnesota. Number five. Number five. Okay. Yes, you going to say the same thing you said to us to him? I, I think that's crazy. <laughs> I got the number one. You got the Minnesota's the number one seed? Yeah, yeah. I do. He called us crazy because we had I had him third. Drew had him fourth. Joel, uh, Dells had him fourth. He called us crazy. So, you have him five. You must be a lunatic at this point. That's what I'm trying to figure out because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Minnesota is going to be good, but the number one overall seed? Yes, he said so it. So that's definitely a hot take right there. My, what about what about Minnesota gives you the vibe that they're going to be the oh, best shit. team going into the playoffs? So this is my reasoning. I'm listening. My top five seeds are Minnesota at one, Denver at two. Mm-hmm. Number three is the Clippers. Number four is Golden State. And mm-hmm. number five is the Pelicans. I'm very high on the Pelicans this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Clippers and the Warriors, at their absolute best, I do think they're a better team than Minnesota. But I know that Kawhi likes to load manage. PG yep. as well. They also get hurt often. And the mm-hmm. Warriors this past season, they should have been the first seed. The reason they dropped is because they had injuries to Steph, to Draymond. You now have this situation where he punches pool out there. So mm-hmm. I do think Minnesota, based on their trajectory, last year they finished as a seventh seed, but that could have very well been a fifth seed if they finished the season off strong. They went into a little bit of a slump, and I just view what they have offensively with Cat. Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. I think, is going to take a big-time leap to a 25-26 point-per-game point score. Jaden mm-hmm. McGann is one, is one of the better defenders in the league. And Rudy Gobert, not too long ago in 2020, was one of the more impactful players outside of Donovan Mitchell on a Utah Jazz team that was mm-hmm. the first seed in the Western Conference. And I think when you look at Minnesota, they were the first-ranked offense last season. You bring in a gold bear that now solidifies you as a top-five defense. Yeah. I love their depth. I love their starting lineup. I mm-hmm. feel like you can argue that they have four all-stars in their lineup. Cat, Gobert, Ant-Man, and D'Lo, although I don't think he's going to make an all-star again, Never. I think there are nights where he plays at an all-star caliber level. He has nights where he gets hot and he can play yeah. at that level. And just to to pair him with another rim runner like he had in Brooklyn with Jared Allen, I think now mm-hmm. gives him an extra gear to his playmaking. That Gobert is going to help out tremendously. Gobert yeah. screen assists. I think he just helps out that team tremendously. And that's why I feel like this year the impact Rudy brings to a team it is going to be very evident, and it's going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. So if that's true, that means that we're going to have a conversation about Rudy Gobert being the league MVP. <laughs> I was thinking more cat. Because we're talking about impact. So when I think about, like, the Lakers, for example, when as good as James was in 20, I mean, you're talking about Anthony Davis who led the team in points, rebounds, and blocks and how much more impactful he was and how much more important he was to what they were doing. So if we're going to talk, if we're going to have that sort of conversation and how much more impactful Rudy's going to be, 
we have to have that conversation about him being, according to you, with Minnesota being at the top of the Western Conference, him being in the league MVP conversation. Impact, We're going to have to have that conversation. Impact-wise, I, I don't disagree. But I just knowing what the history of the league MVP is, it's about scoring. Rudy right. Gobert back in Utah when they were the first seed, Donovan Mitchell was averaging 25 a game. He didn't get any MVP votes. He wasn't even a top, he wasn't even in the top ten in voting. Gobert didn't, didn't even sniff it. Exactly, and I thought that was crazy for him to be yeah. the best player on the first seed. He should have definitely got a nod. I think Cat is the one that could sneak into that conversation. I think numbers. I think Cat can average twenty six and thirteen, and maybe give you four assists a game, and he'll buy in defense a little bit more. The efficiency is always going to be there with Cat. I think Cat has a legitimate case. If Minnesota but, finishes that well to be uh, in the league MVP conversation. But with getting Rudy on the crew, Rudy brings them, don't get me wrong, Rudy brings them the interior defender, the toughness that they didn't have. However, those guys are still marginal without him. And they, they are still, they're going to have him, no doubt about that. But when I think about the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors have gotten better. You know, those Kaminga's going to be better. Pool's going to be better. Even though the nonsense that's going on, I think Pool's going to be better. I think Kaminga's going to be better. I'm really looking forward to seeing what James Wiseman does. I think that Monty Williams, because I got I, I got Phoenix as a, as, a, as, a, as a top three seed. I think Monty Williams got outcoached mm-hmm. in that series against, against Dallas, and I think he's going to be better this season. I think that they're going to be a better team defensively. Um, Denver, we've already talked about them. I think that they're the third seed, and I don't. And when I look at Minnesota and when I look at what they bring, to Denver, I think Denver is overall a better team than them in the regular season. Um, and the Clippers, now, don't get me wrong, going forward, when we talk about potential winning the championship, when I say I'm out on Brooklyn, it's the same reason why I got, if I'm, if I'm out on Brooklyn, I got to be out on the Clippers for the same reason, because I've also seen underperformances and I've seen injuries with the Clippers as well. So I can't bet on them long term, but if we're talking about seeds, I think the Clippers are a top four seed in the West, considering how much they've upgraded that roster. Now, when I think about Minnesota and the rest of those teams, I think Minnesota is a top five team in the West. Now, you told you talked about hot takes you know you just said that <laughs> minnesota is the number one seed out west wow that's a hot take right there that'd be boy. a gold mine if you get that shit right i think it will. i think it'd be that'd a gold go crazy mine. last year i was bought in on minnesota being the fifth seed they finished as a seventh i was disappointed they couldn't they couldn't get that fifth seed so i'm hoping I think they was right outside the, i think they i think they missed out on the fifth seed by like two games they were right there they yeah. went on a slump right time the year and yeah. it, it was very unfortunate, but that could have came true. I, I yeah. am. I will say this about Minnesota, though. Part of it is me analyzing it. Part of me is also biased towards what I feel Anthony Edwards is going to be. I really mm-hmm. do think he's going to take a huge step forward this year. He wasn't a, a very good defender last year, but I think he becomes... He, he's talked about it openly. He wants to be an all-NBA defender. So he's talked about that, I think... If he can take that leap to not being all NBA, but just being a very good to great defender on nights and still giving what he gives you offensively with that supporting cast, Minnesota can take a huge leap that people aren't expecting. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. And and, and another thing about Anthony Edwards, if we're having a conversation about Anthony Edwards being an all-league defender, in addition to him being a 20-plus-a-game scorer, we got to have a conversation about him being a top-15 player, maybe even a top-10 player. Yeah, I don't think that's too far-fetched. Like, for example, last year, John Morant, nobody had him as an all-NBA player. 
and taking this not. type of leap. No, I didn't. He goes and averages 27. Memphis is now the second seed in the West. I don't. Anthony Edwards is like Ja going into year three now, and mm-hmm. I think that both of them yeah. are very similar in talent level. Already, where Ant Man can take that leap, and we're look. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not Cat. Maybe it's Ant Man who is piggybacking Minnesota, but he he does have to be more consistent offensively and with his shot, uh, with his shot selection. But I think it's possible. I'm really sold on Anthony Edwards as a talent. I think that he's. We're going to have a in another year. Tops. I think we're going to have a conversation like we have how we talk about Booker, how we talk about DeMar DeRozan as the best two guards in the game. We're going to have that conversation about Anthony Edwards. I think that he's getting close to that in terms of just being a, just being an athlete. I think he's gotten by on a lot of things, but I think that the game is going to start to slow down for him a little bit more. And I think that he's going to take a step up where he becomes more of a leader and a better player. And I think that we're going to in another year or so, we're going to have a conversation about him being the best two guard in the game. Yeah, I agree. And OG, with you having Phoenix as your second seed, you don't worry about DeAndre Ayton not looking bought in with Phoenix and Chris Paul aging, the Robert Sarver situation, uh, Jay Crowder not being there anymore. Do you not worry about that? Well, the Jay Crowder situation, I think Jay Crowder wanted a better, I think he wanted a bigger role in what was going on. So to, to move off of him, that doesn't bother me. The DeAndre Ayton situation, they basically told him, we will pay you or just go out there and find out what your worth is. And that's just good business. That's not like they did him dirty where they said to him, we're not interested in paying you. No, go out there and find out what your worth is. And he went out there and found out what his worth is. And Phoenix basically matched it. We don't like you at 198. We don't like that number. We definitely like you at 133. Now, that's not their fault. That's all him. Now, when I think about that team as a whole, when I think about Chris Paul, I feel the same way about him as I do about James in the, in the aspect that his game, I think that I'm, I can get another year of elite point guard play out of him this season. I think after this season, it becomes trickier. But I think that I could get another season out of him, another elite point guard season out of him. And I think Monty Williams, I think that he recognizes his flaws from last season and how basically Jason Kidd outcoached him, Bad. where he was basically just double teaming. Devin Booker in the short corner. And we all know Devin Booker is one of the worst double team players in the game. I think he leads the, I think he's in the top three in the league in turnovers when he gets double teamed. So with that being said, I don't, I think that Monty Williams has recognized that he's got to do a better job as a coach. And I think that he will. So that doesn't bother me as much as for some people. I, I, I like the fact that they're vets. They're a top 10 defensive team. Mikael Bridges, you can argue is the best defensive player in the game. Um, I like what I'm seeing in Phoenix. I, think that they just ran into a bad matchup. And you guys know this as well as I do. How many times have we seen teams running into teams and you recognize right from the beginning of the series, this is a bad matchup for these guys. <laughs> and I think that's what happened with Phoenix. I think that that was just that Dallas, that was just a bad, Luca was steamrolling everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's not what you can do with Luca. Luca is different. Oh my god! I mean, we talk about we talk about Luca being uh, basically contained against Golden State. Meanwhile, he scored fifty percent of the time that he that Andrew Wiggins was covering him. Fifty percent of the time that he got the ball and scored against Andrew Wiggins, but they contained him. Oh no, they didn't. They they tried to slow him down. What they did was they jumped those other guys, and because Luca is responsible for so much of Dallas's offense that it just became too much. That's all it was at the end of the day. 
But I, I, I think that Phoenix overcomes a lot. I don't have Phoenix winning the NBA championship. Let's make sure we clear no, on that. I, I, I know you don't. I know you no, don't. No, I'm going to make sure we clear on <laughs> that. No, I'm, not, I'm not going that just far. Just purposes, I, yeah. I do, yes, I, I think that they're a top two, top three seed in the West. I do. Uh, on this subject, the Warriors, they just punished Draymond Green. No suspension, but they gave him a fine. I said punished. <laughs> <laughs> Now, a lot of people on social media were kind of up in arms about this. Oh, Draymond punched a teammate. He should have gotten a bigger fine or suspension or whatever it may be. Do you think that the Warriors handled this situation well with Draymond? OG, I know on your TikTok you talked about it, how it, it bugs you that the footage got leaked in the first place. So what do you feel about this punishment that the Warriors gave to Draymond? I think that I commend the Warriors for not buckling under the pressure of the public to do something rash. Don't get me wrong. The footage makes this thing look way worse, way worse. And it suggests to me that Draymond has something going on because when I look at what was going on in practice and I, when I watch Jordan Poole, you guys know Jordan Poole talks a lot. Yeah, so like I that. think that, I think that him and Draymond have gotten into it like that way more times in practice. And I think that whatever was said, I'm sure that there were other things that were said in the past and it never came to that, never came to that. So there's a reason why things stay in house and I'm not buying the logic that, well, they leaked this video so they can lower Draymond's value. Well, Draymond's only on the books for two more years. So we got two choices. We can either let his contract run out or we can move him. Well, Draymond doesn't really have much value on a trade market. So we could just let his contract run out. This doesn't benefit the Warriors to leak this. Right. If this thing could have just stayed in house and they're going to be away from Draymond in the next two years in terms of his contract. Now they're going to make a decision on what they want to do with him in the next two years. However, I don't hate it. I just hate the fact that 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 it got out. That's the thing that bothers me the most. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the contract thing, you said it. Um, the, the Warriors have come out and they've they talked. They're very, very, very very quickly trying to get that Jordan Poole extension done. So that's their number one priority. Draymond mm -hmm. Green, he's 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 admitted that he, they're not going to get a contract done no time soon. And you mentioned it. He has two years left on his book. I think the last year is a player option, if I'm not mistaken. Which, it is. Which he's not leaving none of that money on he's the table. Not, he's, he's gonna, he knows he's, he's not. Draymond's a smart guy. He knows, mm -hmm. he knows at that point there probably won't be a bigger market. So he's not going to leave that money on the table. So realistically, right. he'll be on the Warriors for the next two seasons. So yeah. like you said, the footage got leaked. I don't think Golden State Warriors, I'm in the same boat with you. I don't think they leaked it. It just didn't make sense. But I do think at the same time, getting punched like that, I mean, like we've seen we've seen Draymond get suspended for like a game with the Kevin Durant situation. Right. So we've seen Bobby Portis knock out his teammate, and he got suspended eight games for for defending himself, he says. So we didn't even see it. By yeah, the way, we, we didn't that see the footage. We just, we just know Miritic was in the hospital. His nose was all broken up. Apparently, Bobby Partis hits really hard. Um, mm -hmm. This situation is a little different because the, the footage got leaked and Golden State made it very clear from the jump. They're not suspending Draymond. So they are very much about winning games. This yep. seems like a thing that, like you said, happens a lot in practice, or not maybe not mm -hmm. a lot, but this happens enough where no, we're not suspending him. We'll just probably fine him. But we want to win yep. games. This doesn't. Imp it's just more about the impact. I I think people are getting over exaggerated. And people are just thinking, oh, Golden State gets off with the leeway. They always get off the hook. They get favoritized. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's their organization that you can handle it the way you want to handle it. So I think 
pretty much Draymond internally I'd be fucked up because that's like me hitting Joel or hitting Drew right. I would never do that in my life if you my brother I wouldn't see myself hitting you so I think this more affects him in home as opposed to the outside media like the fine is whatever that's not much to him I, him getting suspended that wasn't really going to hurt him is his relationship with Jordan Poole I think that's what hurts right. the most I think as much as they can say that this is fixed as much as they can say that oh they're in great terms you always going to look at somebody differently if they punch right. you in your face or if they knock you out like that. It's no matter the situation. So I think that's more broken than anything else. And I think people are just looking at other things as opposed to that situation. I think Real quick, Joe, before yeah. you go any further, Joe, real quick. Now, you just mentioned this too, Riv. This thing, like you, Joe, and you with your crew, if it's not on tape and you guys get into it and it stays right there where you guys are sitting, mm. we can handle it. You've got into it with family members. You've said something to a family member and it's gotten ugly. But we can if we could keep it right here, we can handle it. Can you imagine if we saw Jordan get punched in the face or Jordan punch Steve Kerr in the face? Can you imagine <laughs> if we saw Lajuan smack Vernon Maxwell? I mean, can you imagine if we saw Shaq punch Greg Ostertag in the face? Like think about that sort of stuff. That 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 was going on, right? Yeah. Add that to the fact, add that to the fact, Rib, and I'm not I'm not, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe, but add that to the fact that the Warriors came right out and told us immediately when this happened. This wasn't something that was kept under the rug. This yep. wasn't something that was kept to the side. When this happened on Wednesday, they told us about it. Not only did they tell us about it, they told us we are going to handle it. Mm -hmm. NBA, Adam Silver, relax. Don't worry about this. We got this under control, which was why I was so upset by this thing getting out because it wasn't necessary. I think that the Warriors wouldn't have given out that punishment if they had not talked to Draymond or Jordan Poole first. I do believe that if Jordan Poole was very bothered by what happened and yeah. it, it messed him up to the point mentally where he needed a, he needed to take a step back, right. we wouldn't be seeing him play in the preseason like he's been playing. He's playing like everything's fine. Practice it all And out. the punishment would have been at least a suspension if Jordan Poole wasn't okay with it. But I feel like the Warriors, at least to this point, they are the model organization. They have done mostly everything right. And I don't believe that they should, people should be hypercritical about the decision they make because mm -hmm. they have shown that they're a, they're a top tier organization in basketball. And sure. they wouldn't make a decision like this of giving Draymond just a fine, like people are trying to put it, if they didn't talk to every party involved in the situation and, and know what happened. I do think that Jordan Poole, although the dynamic may never be the same between Draymond and Jordan Poole, I mean, they right. might have they might have never been friends or close like that to begin with. They're just teammates. It might not be the same, but that doesn't mean that Jordan Poole has not forgiven Draymond and they have not moved past that. They probably have forget. talked, moved past that situation. And I think the Warriors have, did, have done their due diligence on this matter to the point where they feel this is a reasonable punishment for Draymond and, and what he did. I see a lot of people on Twitter trying to compare this to like an assault on the street or like things like that, but it, it's not, it's not anything close to that. I, I do think that the Warriors deserve leeway and how they handle situations based on how they handled stuff in the past. I'm going to say this. If you punch yep. me and it went live 
people seen it, I'm never coming back to the show. That's just how I look at it. Like if you hit me, right. I'm never coming back. So it's, it's way different. Yeah. It, it, it's no. way different when it, it, what I equated to Riv is you and me got into it in practice, uh-huh. and you and me got into it in practice, and you ended up swinging on me, and it was in practice, and it was it was right here, as opposed to you ended up swinging on me in the cafeteria in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that gets handled differently. Yeah. That's not the same thing. Yeah, that is not the same thing. And I think that the misconception is is the idea of them just sweeping it under the rug. No, I'm not saying that. My point has been what the Warriors said right from the beginning. We are going to handle this. So let us handle it. This is not your problem. This is not your matter. Let us handle this. And Joe, please do not forget that... <laughs> This would not we would not be having this conversation if the Warriors were not in the NBA finals every year when Dre Clay and, and Steph are healthy. We would not be having this conversation. Yeah. If this happened in Orlando, nobody would care. We could care less. Yeah. If, if if Cole Anthony ended up punching Wagner in the face, we ain't talking about that. We not. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Shout out six men. <laughs> every single time the magic come up, got yeah. a shout out six man. The Nets and the Clippers are two teams that I oh, group into shit. the same category because Nets and Clippers were both assembled in the same year in 2020. Yep. The Clippers choked in the bubble. Katie and Kyrie did not play that year. 2021, Kawhi gets hurt. Clippers make the WCF. KD, and, KD carries the Nets as far as he can take them. The Nets were not healthy. They lose to the Bucks in the second round. And now these past playoffs, the Clippers don't make it and the Nets get swept in the first round. But in the year 2023, this upcoming season, which team has more pressure to now deliver a championship? This is um I, I know I know where OG sits on this on this table. Um for me though, I think the pressure is pretty equal. I think for I think it's a different type of pressure. So you look at the Nets, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, Kyrie leaving Two two superstars and Steph and LeBron, right? Steph yeah. and LeBron win a ring after they both leave. LeBron wins in the bubble. Steph just wins last year. Kevin Durant and Kyrie have yet to prove to the to the mass media that they can win without those two guys. They they need one of those type of guys. So, in terms of this pressure, this pressure is: Can KD Kyrie be that duo that takes you over the top? Can KD be that guy? Can Kyrie? Mm-hmm. Def- Diffuse all the nonsense, the outside activity, and come and play and come and hoop. Can he do that? As opposed right. to the Clippers. The Clippers are a different organization because Kawhi Leonard, he wanted to go to the Clippers. Even though he won a ring in Toronto, that was never his destination to get traded. He always wanted to play with the Clippers. He went out. He personally wanted Paul George. He personally asked for Paul George. He told mm-hmm. the Clippers, I'm not going here unless you get Paul George. They get Paul George. Like you said earlier before, this team, both Duos have been hampered with injuries. They have been they've been underperforming to an extent, especially with Kawhi and PG. They blew a three one lead in the bubble, which we mm-hmm. all thought it was going to be the battle of LA. They were going to say the Lakers. They blew a three one lead. Then the next year they go to the WCF, but still Kawhi is hurt, get hampered with injuries. And then last year Kawhi doesn't play. Paul George misses forty games. So this team has yet to really give us the full potential. Now I will say mm-hmm. this: the Clippers have stacked better. They've definitely done better in building the proper team around Paul George and Kawhi. The only weakness we can really say is 
center, and that's just depending on if you watch Zubac or not. I, I like Zubac as a player. You know, I, I think they too. need a backup center, but I wish they would have kept Hardenstein, but they couldn't. As opposed to the Nets, it's I on think the Knicks now. Yeah, good, good fucking pickup. As opposed to the Nets, where I think a little bit of his, you know, Ben Simmons, what is he going to look like? The defense, how is that going to look? Nash, what is he going to look as a head coach? Kevin Durant, can he still hold up? Uh, Kyrie Irving, what is he going to give you? Is the outside uh, energy going to feed into his basketball ability? And then in the Mm -hmm. playoffs, what are they going to do? But I think the pressure is undoubtedly the same type of pressure. These are two teams that's been at the top of the the conferences in terms of winning a championship, you know, they've always started the season. They're one of the favorites. They're one of the favorites. They're one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. And then as the year comes around, they haven't really done much. So the pressure is the same, but it's definitely a different type of pressure for me. I think sure. it's easily the Clippers for one reason only. The excuses the Nets have. I think the excuses they have are legit excuses. For example, Ben Simmons and what he's going to be coming back. We know mm-hmm. the coaching is subpar with Steve Nash. We know that they have some lack of depth. Joe Harris and uh, Seth Curry already hurt. And they don't have a starting center. At least Zubats he's is good. a starting center. Yeah. Nick Claxton is a backup center. And you have the chemistry issues as well. Kyrie Irving being on an expiring deal after the season. Mm-hmm. What excuses do the Clippers have outside of injuries if something were to go wrong? They have the most stacked roster in the NBA. They have a top coach in the NBA in Tyron Lue. And the biggest problem that the past couple of years we've been talking about with the Clippers, they don't have a point guard. guard, They got John Wall. John Wall, who took the entire season off last year and now is playing with the Clippers. Look at their wings. Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum. They have Norman Powell. I mean, this team is legitimately stacked. If you go roster for roster on every team in the NBA, you land on the Clippers as the best roster in the in the NBA when they're fully healthy. Yep. On top mm-hmm. of that, even if Katie and Kyrie fail in Brooklyn, Katie's a two-time champion. Kyrie's a champion. Although Kawhi has solidified what he is, Paul George is still chasing his championship. He does not have his yet. There is more pressure on the Clippers because I also think there's more pressure on Steve Ballmer to deliver a championship and kind of separate the Clippers from the Lakers. With the Nets, there's not much separation between them and the Knicks because the Knicks haven't done anything. The Lakers are a storied franchise, and he's trying to make the Clippers to their level. So I think mm-hmm. there's more pressure on the Clippers. Shout out to Steve Ballmer, though, because he's done his job. He's he's yes, done he his. He has. Him, West, all them boys. The front O, we can't, like, the FO, they've done their job to put this team together. So it's really just up to the players. Well, when I, I, I'm going in a bit of a different direction, and I'm not going to get long-winded with it. But so Michael Jordan got Scottie Pippen in year four. And every year, they had gotten better. Yep. So in year, and after four years together, they end up winning the NBA championship because those guys were getting better every year. Shaquille O'Neal gets Kobe Bryant in year four. Every year, those guys are getting better. They won, Even a, though, year, they won a year three, right? Year three, was it? After four years. Jordan got Jordan got Scottie Pippen in no, 87. I mean, uh, Shaq got Kobe in 96, right? Yep, and, and they, they won in 2000. Okay, yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, so, in, so in year four. So those guys were getting better every year. And only were they getting better every year. There's a reason that that's the exact reason why they were able to build that unit around those guys and they were able to sustain that because that there was still more there. 
KD is going into year 16 this year. Kyrie Irving is going into year 12. Fellas, I've seen everything that I need to see. I'm not getting any more from these two. It's not like I'm KD's going to turn into this all-league defender or Kyrie Irving is going to turn into this assist machine. I've seen everything that I'm going to see from these guys. So from in 20, KD doesn't play the entire season because of an Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving only plays 20 games because he got hurt. 21, Kyrie Irving gets hurt. In the playoffs, KD misses half the season because of a hamstring injury. And then last year, we had the COVID incident. And not only did we have the COVID incident, Kevin Durant misses half the, Kevin Durant misses a month because of an MCL injury, which wasn't his fault, but he did miss that. There is no evidence to suggest to me that this thing is going to get better, especially considering I've seen everything that I'm going to see from these guys individually. So if I feel that way about them, I got to feel the same way about the Clippers, even though the Clippers have updated that roster, even though the Clippers have done a great job in enhancing that roster, there's still that one common denominator, just like Irv and KD, it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, I had them actually go into the finals before he tore his knee up against Utah. I thought that they were an NBA finals team. But what happens? He gets injured. Then I see these guys underperform in the bubble, right? I see all of these things that give me no proof or no evidence to suggest that this thing's going to get even better i don't even know if john can john wall play joe don't get me wrong i've seen him in a little bit in the preseason but we haven't seen him in two years in actual action can he even play that's a question mark for him <laughs> same thing with terrence Mann. we roast rudy gobert because terrence Mann put 39 on him did you know that terrence Mann, since he did that he's had one 25 point game since then one that's it <laughs> he hasn't done anything else after that. So, but I'm looking at this roster with the Clippers and they look really good. But until uh, until I can see something to suggest that I should get on board with this, I can't. You make an excellent point. And, and that's why, I, I, I don't know why, but the Nets definitely are more of the butt of the joke than the Clippers. Although the Clippers have failed equally as much as the Nets. And I, I do think the Nets, if they are healthy with Kyrie and Harden, they win that championship that year in, in 2021. I do. Well, Real quick, Joe, don't 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 leave out the fact and most people don't just so you guys know at home, James Harden was on that crew. He was he was in the playoffs against Minnesota against Milwaukee. He was on the crew when that was going that on. Um, just so you, just so you guys know he was on the crew. I think they're I think they're more the butt of the jokes is because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are nine times out of ten the butt of jokes in the media. You know, Kyrie Irving left LeBron. Kevin Durant went to the team that blew a 3-1 lead, then left them. And then when Steph won last year, it made it, like, even, like, ten times worse because it's like, damn, you really left him. So, but um, in terms of just this year, though, I do agree with you, though. I think the Clippers do have more pressure because they have the roster that's been propped up, again, to be the best team in the league, you know. So this year, yeah, Clippers definitely have more pressure. Um, in terms of what OG said, you know, <laughs> I don't know, OG. I just feel like injuries is a part of the game. You know, it happens a lot. But I think, sure. like like you said, when Kawhi tore his knee up, I had the Clippers going to the finals that year. I thought they could definitely go to the finals. I don't know if they was going to win. You know what I'm saying? But I had them going to the finals. I had them be Even yeah. when Kawhi went down, I still felt like Paul George, which if he didn't choke, was good enough to beat Phoenix with that crew. So I think this year, though, like you said, this is those other duos. They had four years, year four. This is year four. We may not see more from Kawhi and Paul George, right? 
we may not see more from Kevin Durant, Kyrie. This may be the players that they are for the, for right. the foreseeable future. But in terms of the roster, you know, the rosters have gotten slightly better. The Clippers right. have gotten mightily better. They got a new coach who Ty Lue, right. to his credit, has been amazing there. And then for mm -hmm. Brooklyn, they may not have got a coach. Their roster has probably has, isn't a modest upgrade, but they've been, they you know, Ben Simmons is there. Let's see what he looks like. Joe Harris, let's see what he looks like. Seth Curry. So, like, year four, I'm not saying give him one more chance, but both teams, you got to look at it in a vacuum. Like, okay, sure, this is year four. Mm -hmm. The Clippers done retooled, rebooted up. Their team yeah. looks nice. Brooklyn, okay, you got Ben Simmons. He didn't play all last year. Let me see this. I already know what the other four guys are going to look like. You know what the star yeah. is going to look like. Let me see what the back end looks like. Because now it's going to look a lot different because the East got better. So now right. it's, you can't even Not go better. out there. Not you can't better, even go sure. out there and say, well, I got Kevin Durant, so I'm going to be fine anymore. Because now no. you're looking at the East, and it's a dangerous game. You look at the West also. You can't go out there and say, oh, I got Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to be fine. I got Paul nope. George. You can't say that because now you got these teams. So now – Let's look at it now in a vacuum and see how they look. Well, with that being said, too, Riv, I mean, how many times are you going to tell me that you're giving me a sick note? How many times do I got to listen to that from you? I hey, heard hey, it from you already. Hey, I heard hey. it from you once. I heard it from you twice. How I only, many I only told you, you once. I only told you once. I've heard it from you more than once, more than twice. <laughs> I, I, you're calling in sick. How many times are you going to call listen. in sick? How many times are you going to tell me that Wait. you can't work today? How many times are you going to tell me year, that you, you can't, can't really come, come on last I'm year? I'm sick of hearing that from you. Come <laughs> to work. Everybody who works here isn't always 100%. There's plenty of guys here who are sick. There's plenty of guys here who don't feel good. Meanwhile, I got to deal with you on the regular. Every time I turn around, I got to I got to listen to the phone. You on the other end of it. Yo, I can't make it in today because my back hurts. So wait, OG, you, you, you. I'm over it. So wait, OG, all jokes <laughs> aside, you put last year, I can't get that pass? Last year, Kawhi didn't play all year. No, he didn't. But what did you tell me that Paul George did? What you in the play? <laughs> you just, what did you tell me that Paul George did? No, okay, not that year. I'm talking about the year that just happened. Once again, last year against Phoenix, what did you tell me that Paul George? Say he choked. He did choke. Okay, so let's rewind choked. the clock back to in, in in the bubble. What did you tell me that Paul George did? How many more sick notes you gonna give me, Rev? I'm over it, man. He had okay, issues. one or two things is going on. Either come to work or don't. But don't right. tell me when you don't come to work that I right, I'm coming to work tomorrow and I'm gonna be so sharp. I'm over it, Riv. Come to work <laughs> and do your job or don't. I'm just telling you this year. This year. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you this. This is this is. I've been telling you. This. OG, if you had to put your money on one of these teams, you you have to put it. You on have them. to. Who you doing? Nets or Clippers? Who are you going with? I'm not going with Brooklyn because the the Eastern Conference is a nightmare. And Leonard has proven to me in more than one instance that he can do it if he can hold up. That's the difference right there. If, if he can hold up, he's proven to me that he can do it in multiple situations. So if I had to put my dough on one team, it would be the Clippers. I understand. And Brooklyn is going to have to eventually run into Philadelphia. So that's out there, too. I just can't wait till we we because, you know, you're you're a regular <laughs> guest. You know, you, we love you, OG. <laughs> I can't wait till you come back. And I just, you know, when the Clippers are, I just can't wait for that moment. You're going to come hey, back. I'm telling you. Me, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm first. If I got to eat crow, I'm, I'm not one of these people that, well, you know. No. <laughs> I, if I got to eat crow, I got to eat crow. But I, I don't think I'm eating it in this particular situation. I'm telling I just, you, man. This, this is a new year, new energy. You feel, <laughs> PG got a haircut. You know, he got the low cut back. 
It's new vibes. They taking pictures. Kawhi happy. He got yo. This dude is keep giving me sick notes. That's what he's doing. Tell you that's 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 what he's that's what he's doing. He's keep he's he's continuously calling in sick and we telling listen. me that, yo I'll be in the work tomorrow and I'm gonna be so much better tomorrow. I'm we, sick of it. We had a sick I notes. Look, I'm telling you today. T- mark okay. the calendar. Today, okay. October 14th, we had a sick notes. It's no okay, more. I don't want to hear it's gi- no more. Yeah, I'm not giving you no okay. more sick notes. Because I'm, I'm telling you, this is the last year. This is the last year for me, too. I, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. This this is it for me. I can't do this no more. I'm mentally drained also. So th- this is right here is it. No more sick notes. I'm telling you. This, this is it for me. <laughs> last segment of the podcast, bold predictions for this upcoming NBA season. You can give as many as you want to give I'll mm-hmm. set the tone with a couple ones first. I think Benedict Matherin will be the rookie of the year after mm-hmm. preseason. <laughs> after watching the preseason, I think I'm sold on him being rookie of the year because of the opportunity in Indiana. I think it's more than Keegan Murray in Sacramento. I think it's more than Jaden Ivey in Detroit. I think it's uh, Paulo Boncaro. I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing second fiddle to Franz Wagner this year because Franz Wagner is a very good player. And mm-hmm. I also, he's playing with Tyrese Halliburton, which is going to help him boost that points per game average. So that's why I have him as rookie of the year. RJ Barrett is an all-star player this year. He makes the all-star team. Ooh. Shit. That wing, that wing position tough, There's bro. a lot of wings that's in the East. That's what I was thinking, Riv. I'm, I'm thinking about the wings in the Eastern Conference. I'm thinking, yo. There's a lot of wings in the... And, got, I, and, and I'm a huge R.J. Barrett guy. I think he, I think he's the guy that the Knicks should be building it around. R.J. got New York behind him, though. So if y'all... Yeah. We got, we got the fan votes behind R.J. Definitely that's, got the fan I'm votes. I'm counting on that. I so think... he might be starting an all-star game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns will be a play-in team mm. in the Western Conference this year. Yep. The Kings... God will make the playoffs. That's a very, very out there hot take. The Timberwolves first seed. I mentioned it earlier. Zion wins MVP. And the last one is the Sixers. My man, James Harden finally gets that championship. Philadelphia 76ers winning the NBA championship. (laughs) 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 All right. So I I, I kept it the three because you you always got to do the damn most. Um, so for me, one, I got Jaden Ivey winning rookie mm-hmm. of the year. We talked about it before. I feel like Boncaro's getting on love. Even before Shaq got home, uh, hurt, he was getting on love. Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray. Nobody's talking about this young kid from Detroit. It's really nasty business. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, this one is a lot biased. It's kind of like your King's take. The Bulls are going to finish top five seed. Um, that's just, that's just very, I, I want this year for Zach Levine to be the number one guy in their offense. I've been pushing it since... All-star break, DeMar is too – he's not as versatile as Zach. Zach is a three-point – he's a three-level scorer. He's an efficient scorer, and I want him to be in more control of the offense. So I think that's that's one of the things I've been pushing for. So for me, the Bulls, top five seed in the East. Uh, Detroit, that's, an, that's another one for me. Same thing with your Kings. I got Detroit in the plan as a top eight seed. I think that I think they – right now is a lot of projection on Detroit, but they have a lot of young talent. A lot of good guys out there in that group. Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. uh, Sadiq Bay, who people really sleep on. He's a really good player. Cade Cunningham, they picked up Bogdanovic. Isaiah Stewart, who's improving his three-point. Not Alec Burks. Alec Burks, he's a good player if he's not playing the point guard position. So <laughs> th- those are my three for right now. I think I'm going to stick with three. I only got two. And one is Memphis and Dallas are playing teams. We had Memphis as a I had a, team. I had Memphis as a playing team. I had Dallas as a sixth seed. 
I have Dallas I as a five seed. I think I think Memphis is a playing team. Um, losing Jaron Jackson for as long as they're going to lose him for that, gonna, that's going to really hurt them. He's their anchor on defense. He's he's probably their best rim protector. Add that to the fact that I think Ja at some point this season he's going to break down because he's proven to me that he has, and I think at some point this season he's going to break down. Um, Herb Jones is the next Bruce Bowen slash Meta World Peace. I love that. I love this kid. OG. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the cheap seats. Herb Jones is the next Bruce Bowen slash Meta World Peace. Okay. No, OG. There's not going to be a lot of people that's going to challenge you because they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let, let me talk to you real quick. Which, I'm listening. Which, because you said Meta World Peace, so I'm going to give you some slack here. Which guy are you talking about? You talk about twenty the all league per- def- the all league defender Meta World Peace. Not, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm talking about I'm not talking about Meta World Peace. We changed his name. I'm talking about Ron Artest. That dude. so you talk about Indiana Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I, Ron I, I think he could be, I think he could be that good. I do so on offense too, or just defense. I, I, think he, I think he could be that good. Yes, okay. we going double back could, when, 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 when watching him. Number one, he's a grown up. Played four years at Alabama. Yep. yep. Right, played four years at Alabama. He gives me the Bruce Bowen vibe of that guy who picks up not just full court, but he's a disruption on yeah. defense. He's a lot smarter than a lot of guys give him credit for. I think that once he puts that long ball in his game, just from the corner in particular, mm. I think that he can he gives me a lot of Bruce Bowen and a lot of Ron Artest slash Metal World Peace vibes. I love that because I, I love Herb Jones in the pre-draft process. He was one of my sleepers. I I, I love Herb Jones' game. I, I think he's a and and I I know Rib is is, is going to give it to me Rib I wouldn't be surprised in the next three to five years he's a starter on a championship team that Oh no I, I, if I if I that can, could be the Pelicans I can see Andrew, if Andrew Wiggins can be a starter I can see Herb Jones yeah. being a starter on I a championship see, team I think so he's I a starter would do not be surprised in the next three years if you see whatever crew he's on that's in the Western or the Eastern Conference championship and he's the starting small forward Yeah I just Ron Artest is strong yeah because people forget he he was a twenty point scorer on top of being I think I. I, I think I think Ron I think him as a defender. Okay. With Ron and and him as an offensive player with Bowen. Okay. That's what. So, so you think it more like L.A. Ron? Well, maybe more Sacramento Ron. Okay. 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 Like the like the sixteen a game okay, guy. Yeah. That's why because I, I when I when you said Bruce I'm like oh I'm here with you on Bruce and then you was like Ron so that's why I asked you which Ron you talking about. Yeah, because it was Houston about, Ron. There was Indiana yeah, Ron. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah. You like, talk about Indiana around, Ron. Ooh. No, know. not that dude. Yeah. Okay. He, he was arguably the best offensive and defensive player in the game. Yeah. So okay. You, you, can, you can have that conversation about okay. him. Okay. So now I'm with so. you. Now I'm definitely. I'm in. I'm in on that one. I, I, I'll mm-hmm. piggyback on that one. So you think? Do you think he stays with the Pels though? I don't think they're gonna be able to pay everybody because they're gonna have to re up on Brandon Ingram. Not yeah. only are they gonna have to re up on Brandon Ingram, they, they just paid Zion. Mm. What what's the plan with CJ moving forward? Mm. They still gotta get up. They still gotta get. But, was, but you gotta think they just drafted Dyson, so eventually they could move off CJ, depending on how ready Dyson is. Give right. Herb that money because Herb is young. He's twenty three. Dyson is younger. You know, CJ mm. is more like a, I don't want to call him a bridge because I think he's really good, but he's like that bridge where right. you wait for Dyson and you still got CJ. I think CJ is still in the contract for like two more years. So right. you don't need. I would, I would, I would love Herb to stay with New Orleans because they're building something down there. Yeah, I like what they're, I, I like what they're doing in New Orleans. They're definitely building something down there. Add that to the fact that with Zion being healthy, I think that they can make themselves really, really scary. Yeah, scary. I don't like I to use the word scary, but I think that they can make themselves really good, and I think Herb Jones could be a really big part of that. 
the two most exciting teams in the West are the Timberwolves and Pelicans, in my opinion. And I mm-hmm. do think the Pelicans have more top-end talent. It's really about Zion take being healthy. That's really it. Because yeah. in the second season, he proved to be historic. He had a historic second year. Hold on, run, run me, run me. You think Pel's got more top-end talent? CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado off the bench. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Valanciunas, who I love, by the way. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, they, when they started the season last year, 0-11, I was ready to snatch my TV off the wall because I'm thinking to myself, Valanciunas is wasting away down there. Get him out of there. He could very well be on a playoff team, but then they turned it around, so I was happy about that, no doubt. Larry Nance off the bench as well. Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy, yeah, Dyson yeah. Daniels. Yeah. They, they just have a perfect combination of vets and young players that can develop. Yeah. They're the baby warriors. And they have picks, yeah. too, in the future. There's the baby they have a lot warriors, of am- ammunition. Yeah. That's going to do it for episode 220 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow yeah. us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. And shout out to OG for being on the podcast once again in front of the show. You're always welcome on Pick Aside. Always. Hey, like I said, I don't really talk to a lot of people, but when you dudes call me, I'll make time for you guys, no doubt about it. We appreciate that. And next time, we got to have Drew, Joel here. We got we have to have the entire crew. Yeah, man, no doubt. You know you'll be back. Are you going to – is this the year you're going to lock into college, man? What's up? Like, Well – I'm not gonna say lock in the college, but I'll, I'll pay more attention. Lock in the one, that? just one team. Just get in one team, get in the zone. You know, maybe I can't. I, here's the thing, Rib. I can't get into college basketball. I'm a pro basketball guy. The players are better. The game is yeah. better. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's it is sometimes hard to watch. I listen. I'm with you, but you gotta just fall in love with the game. You gotta just fall in love with the game, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe up there breaking <laughs> shots. You know, I, I get. Think, it. I think at this stage, OG's not going to lock in the college <laughs> basketball. I wish I could say I was, man. I can't yeah. do it. Nah, I, I get it. It'd be, it'd be some nasty efficiencies in the college. I, I get yeah, it. Man. Dude shooting like 35%. And now we got so many places where top end talent is at. G League at night. Are you at least watching the G League? I am watching the G okay. League, yes. Right, so then, that's mm-hmm. fine. So There's he, a guy that just, I think he he just signed with, uh, is it Indiana? I think he just signed. Trevlin Queen. Check him out. He, okay. uh, he, won, he won the G League MVP last year. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. Philly ended up bagging him, but I think that they went the other way. And he ended up in Indiana. But, you know, this dude is a ball. 6'6", six, six, wing. He can shoot it. Score on anybody. Trevlin Queen is his name. Trevlin Queen. Definitely going to tune in. Thank you guys for listening yeah. or watching. And we'll see you next time. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire.